Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, guys. Welcome to She Speaks Bravo. I'm Emily. Today, we are not talking Bravo. Today, we are talking true crime, hence the detective outfit. That's what this is supposed to be. Pia will be joining me for this recap and we will we will be sharing our thoughts as to why this honestly could have been at least four parts, at least one more part. We are talking Sins of Our Mother, the Netflix three-part docu-series, which could have been more parts, got to tell you. Could have been more parts. They could have gone a little deeper. But Pia and I will get further into that when I bring Pia in the room. But before we get into that, if you're not subscribed, please consider subscribing. I will be covering the real bling ring, which gets released, I believe, this coming Wednesday, which is September 21st, I think. We've also got Atlanta. I'm finishing up Atlanta, Southern Charm. Beverly Hills, and soon to be Salt Lake City and Potomac, Winter House. And if you're already subscribed, thank you, love you, mean it. Now let's get Pia in here and break sins of our mother down. Hi, Pia. Are you excited to do true crime? Oh, always. Always. <laughs> it's been so long. As I was taking notes, okay, I true crime, taking notes, taking show notes for true crime is way harder because in like housewives, there's like fluff scenes, you know, it's yeah. like, okay, now they're shopping. Like, I don't need to like take detailed notes, but this is like, here's the date. I need to get that date right. And then like every single scene is vital information. So it took me no joke for the first two episodes two hours each episode to get through the notes. No, because oh I kept gosh. having to pause it. And then like, because I wanted to have all the te- like when they would show a text on the screen, I'd be like, oh, let me pause it. I need to have it all written down because right. I want to be able to say it. I'm sure I didn't need to be this detailed, but you know me, I'm psychotic like that. I love it. I love how detailed you are. It's like I wanted I wanted to have it prepared because as I was going through this, I'm wa- like, I I could not believe how bad they handled so much of this throughout the entire process. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. it. 
Um, so it starts off. It's okay. Like this is the type of documentary I like, like the way, like the way it starts off, like body yeah. cam footage, he's walking up and he's like, so what sucks so bad for this man, Charles, Charles Vallow is that <sighs> it's like, how do you not sound crazy telling people my wife thinks I'm a zombie and I'm a dark spirit and she does, she thinks I'm Ned yeah, you sound crazy like you sound crazy. And it is the, literally the definition of gaslighting And the It would be different if she was so far gone where if uh, if she spoke to anyone else, they could easily pick up on her delusions. But for a time there, she was able to stay somewhat normal. Like in her conversations, like so like he would be saying that she's saying all this stuff and then she would be sending a very what the text sound and very see, coherent. That's, that's what's fucked up about about it. Yeah. So it's don't like, you think it's kind of crazy that she was so adamant about her beliefs, yet she could bounce out of those just to be like lying and being like he's cheating, which to me made me feel like and I think that I, I still have this opinion, but from the very jump, because she was able to be so calculated in how she was like getting ahead of like her, uh, the people that he was trying to warn, like her family members and, you know, the friends around that. I don't think she I don't think that either of them actually believe the things that they are saying. I think that the motive here was money. Right. Because like, if you really do believe, if you really do believe this, wouldn't you be telling everybody? Yeah. Like, wouldn't you be telling all the cops like, Hey guys, I'm here to save you. I'm actually here to save. no, he's a dark spirit. Wouldn't you yeah. be telling everybody that to save them? But okay. So we'll keep going. We'll keep yeah. going. So then, then they have, then Colby, Okay, so I'm going to have some news about Colby in just a second. Um, Colby's like two detectives knock on my door and they're like, are Tylee and JJ here? And I'm like, what? I don't even live in the same state. So I call my mom and she's like, it's cool. It's cool. I'll take care of it. Then she sends an email like it's cool. An email. Then they do this cool compilation of all the news coverage and they have the music. And I'm like, yes, this is this is the type of documentary I love. The pacing of it. Yeah, I love it. You know, like wonderful mother until she met that Chad Daybell and Colby's recording. They like the audio recording of the conversation with his mom. You know, I would have never thought that you would ever do something like this. And then her haunting voice. What is it that you think I've done? And then boom, the intro. I'm like, okay, I'm I know I'm gonna like this. I already know. Yeah. This is my kind of documentary. Yeah. All right. So Colby sits with his grandma, Janice Cox. I don't like this woman. <laughs> I don't like her one bit. I don't like her at all. I have a deep, deep dislike of Janice Cox. I mean, her mother makes me understand how she became uh -huh. the person she is. And, and it's not to say that his grandmother is a terrible human being, but she has the mindset. Like, like, like she's very delusional. Yeah. So she, so she's easy. Like you tell her the sky is, uh, 
let's let's say like a fuchsia or some like random color, like, you know, a, a color that this guy would never be or something. And she would and she would believe it like she does not like if she she's gullible. And it seems like that's mm. probably how she's raised her daughter. And I feel like that is how she her daughter became susceptible to the man that she later met. So they're they're looking through photos and they say something like it's hard for us to look at these photos, you know, and, they, and she says, I like to remember the old Lori, not the Lori now. And Colby's like, you know, she pissed me off for a while because she was super defensive. Yeah. And Janice then gives us like the backstory. She gives us like the it all seems so normal. So we find out that there was Alex or first Adam, then Alex, then Lori and then Summer. They were raised in the LDS church and they loved the Book of Mormon. And her dad reflects on a time that she, that he taught her something, taught Lori something. And she came home and said, dad is a spiritual giant. And the dad says something. And I'm like, I, this is where I had to pause and get every quote for exact quote of what he said. He goes, I just know that Lori is loved by her heavenly father, as well as all other people who have been influenced and taken captive by Satan. I'm like, oh, okay. So red flag, first red flag. Here we go. Here we go. Lori was married right out of high school. That ended quick. Married a second time to William Lagiola and had Colby at 22. That ended. Right. Then married Joe Ryan for her third marriage and Joe's sister, Annie. We get a lot of Annie. We like Annie. Yeah, we do love. We love Annie. Annie. We love stand for Annie. We stand Annie. Um, She stays very involved uh, despite Joe. Not being great, right? It's a Joe. Yes. Yeah. Um, And so that's where she had Tylee with Joe and Colby adored Tylee like Colby just all he all Colby wanted was a family that's all Colby ever wanted um this is when Lori enters the Miss Texas pageant and we've seen this clip circulated a bunch we've seen this clip of her being like in a sash being like you know I just do it all I'm a good wife I'm a good mother and all those things it's not easy I'm basically a ticking time bomb that was just chilling foreshadowing like a motherfucker like the fact that they have that footage like how can you if you're the media how can you not play that over and over again like like, come on it's like just they they're like thank you thank you for that soundbite and i realize that that is a an expression a figure of speech and plenty (laughs) of people have said that but in this case it was just (laughs) so on the nose it was insane it's insane So Joe eventually starts to get annoyed with everything Colby did. He's like punching him in the back of the head and Lori's being abused also. So they finally they Lori gets Colby entirely and they and they leave. But then after they're gone, Colby confesses or reveals confesses, uh, reveals to Lori that there was sexual abuse as well. And Lori was just silent And Colby feels he feels like he's ruined her life. And this was the turning point. This is when Lori completely shifted. And so they do this a lot in the documentary. 
they have this like graphic on the screen where it's kind of like framed on the screen. And then they they show like the text of audio recordings. I believe they're pulling audio from the podcast that they have. Um, And then and so she says, you raped my children and I was going to murder him. So I went and I met my bishop. And so this really was like when she decided that she was going to take her murderous rage and turn it over to some sort of faith. Right. That says it all. Yeah. Says it all. Right. And so Alex Cox is her brother and he's a comedian. And so they show this clip of him doing stand up comedy where he's joking about how he took a stun gun and tased his Joe mm-hmm. and in his nutsack. And apparently in Texas, that's a felony. <laughs> and so clearly he's also harboring murderous rage. And at that point, if it had stopped there, I would right. have been fine with everything because the man was a pedophile. So right. I'm not going to be crying right. for the no man. One's, no one's upset about that. So I was like, you know what? That mm-hmm. was in my like, honestly, I was not mad at Alex at that mm-hmm. point. Nope. It's like, eh. yeah, get him a little taste. Go ahead. That's fine. Right fine in the nutsack. Me. Right. As you should. Mm-hmm. Mm. 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 But that mm. did that. But that but that I feel like that did kind of open up mm. his ability to do more so yeah so it's 2006 now and Lori meets charles vallow and he's not lds but he joins the church quits drinking but the big thing is he is financially secure they make Mm. a point to point that out he had sons so Lori now has stepsons and in 2013 they adopt jj vallow now, I had I, it, this took me a second to, like, figure out. So here's Charles Vallow and his sister, Kay, is married to Larry Woodcock. So it's Kay Woodcock and Larry Woodcock. And they're going to be very present. I actually just I had just watched on Discovery Plus another like documentary on this story. And they were like the center focus because they were just trying to find JJ for the longest time. And it was yeah. like torturous for them, obviously. So. Her son, Kay's son, had a child, had a son that she he couldn't take care of. So because Charles was doing better, she's like, can you please maybe adopt JJ? So they're like, oh, fine. But Colby was like, what are you doing? You can't take care of this kid. He's autistic. He needs a lot of love. Like, what are you going to do? But of course, JJ is loved. JJ, this like sweet, like Tylee loves JJ. Colby loves JJ. Like he becomes just like the light of everyone's life. So best decision ever made. Yeah. Around this same time, though, LDS Church takes over the house, like takes over the house. And she (laughs) okay. so this is a clip from her podcast, I believe. Um, and this, I wrote this whole thing down because to me, okay, I'm going to say this because this was like, just put up on the screen. Like this is just stuff she was saying, but I'm going to say this in my voice and I want to see how it's, I want to see how it sounds coming out. Okay. The gateway to get you to the temple. I was in the ceiling room one time and I saw a spirit sister come over and she kissed me on the cheek before she disappeared through the wall. And I'll tell you, I've had people talk to me. 
all of a sudden I hear this voice super loud and I look around and like anybody hear that? And he sent me on a mission. So he told me and my husband to move to Kauai. I understand that I do believe in spirits and things like that. But in this particular case, it seems like she's been showing a pattern of using a said spirit, quote unquote, to justify things that she just wants to do in life. Like, I don't like, yeah. like when I don't uh, I think before she meets her, her uh, Charles Vallow, her husband uh, that we're currently on right now. Uh, didn't she go on Wheel of Fortune and say the same thing like the oh, spirit yeah. spirit told her to go yeah. on Wheel of Fortune? Yes. Like it seems like anytime she wants to do something, it's through a spirit. And that's her like guys, that's her justification. And I feel like she just starts using that through life to justify anything that she wants to do. Not that going on Wheel of Fortune is bad or anything. Like I'd love to do that myself. Me but too. It just seems like that's her crutch. If she like it, to get her like like a spirit has told me. So therefore we have to do it. Yes. So, uh, yeah. And so, OK, we meet when we're in Kauai. She meets April Raymond and April was also divorced. So there's always like, you know, th- that connection. Like I didn't feel judged by Lori because I was divorced and in the church. And you're always like, you know, the the scarlet letter is on you. So she yeah. can connect to Lori. But Lori was complaining about Charles when they had their like after hour girl talk situation. And he was mm. just he was not her spiritual partner. She wanted a spiritual dynamo and he was holding her back. Now. Red flag. Yeah, red flag, red flag. Um, and Lori was saying. That she was in regular communication with Angel Morone. Quote, I no longer needed need to sleep much because I'm getting messages from angels on what I can do to further the father's work. The time is now. The Lord is gathering his people. Okay. 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 So, okay. It's like, I don't I'm not around. I'm not in religious circles enough to know that. Is there any point where you go, you guys, I'm starting to worry about her mental health. Again, like you're not. I mean, the people that she's surrounding herself are deeply and we see these and we see it time and time again in the people that are interviewed, even Colby, like they're very, very much still spiritual. And when you're religious, let's call it religious. Religious. I don't think spirit. I'm spiritual. You're spiritual. This is religious. Yes. So they, yeah, they're very, they're very Christian. They're very religious. LDS. LD, yeah. LDS. Uh, they are very, that's very much ingrained. And when you're ingrained in that, then I, this, I don't think that this is abnormal for these people. I think, but I think that these people have a line that they don't, won't cross. Mm. And, and I think, you know, when we get further into it like they're like this is too much for me okay (laughs) so now Lori's again now she's going back to arizona the lord has told her that what is this video they keep showing in the car of them creepily singing mr sandman i just think it's a family video that they did it freaks me out (laughs) i think it was just a, a fun little family video to show that they at one point were loving and normal and oh. uh oh okay 
Yeah, I think that was supposed to show that they at one point were actually happy dynamic because Colby says that constantly throughout. Like this is why it was so shocking and hard for him to. And I think this and then I think that's the biggest. I really feel for Colby, honestly. Through Wait, this well, let me get right. OK, so yeah. that's coming up right now. Yeah. So unfortunately, unfortunately, do you know about this? What? All right. So I'm going to read something that happened. So we are introduced to Colby meets his. Wife, eventually Kelsey. But I Googled what's up with Colby now. No, please. And do. yeah, what the what is happening? All right. So I'll read this to you. This was uh, from what's the date on this? Uh, September 13th. Charges dropped against son of Lori Vallow, the Idaho mom accused of killing two of her children. The sexual assault charges against Colby Jordan Ryan, 26, were dismissed without prejudice. We know that now. Yeah. Meaning additional charges can be filed. So let's see. Um, Ryan was arrested this month in Mesa, Arizona, after his estranged wife. Oh, no. Accused him of. Aring her at her home. He was charged with two counts of sexual assault. Yes. Yeah. The victim, who was not publicly identified, told officers that Ryan went to her home on August 31st to watch television. The pair are separated and do not live together. The woman told police that the two engaged in consensual kissing, but that she did not want to have sexual intercourse. She told Ryan several times to stop, but he inappropriately touched her and then arred her. The probable cause statement says afterward, Ryan told his wife that he was sorry and started to cry. The next day, the woman recorded a conversation with Ryan, who is alleged to have admitted uh, inappropriately touching and arring her. During the recorded conversation, the defendant agreed that he are the victim. The probable cause affidavit says detectives also said Ryan, quote, made verbal admissions during a police interview. You know, and I was actually going to bring this up later. I was like, I am so impressed at the life that Colby had after being sexually assaulted by his uh, first stepfather, because as you know, from these wa- like watching true crime and and all that sexual assault, the victims tend to go on to assault other people because of their trauma. And it's it happens a lot of the time. And I was like, oh, I'm so happy that he seemed seemingly even with the crazy mother that he had in the in all of the things that has happened to him, he seemed to be able to lead a really healthy, normal, normal life, have, you know, his like family that he always wanted. And, and he seemed pretty normal. Mm. And now this happens. Right. And and the thing is, honestly, it's not to give him any excuses of what he did. What he did is like, that's like inexcusable, but I like, it also makes sense because like I was like, he's le- like, it's like he almost like came out too normal. And I was like, how is he like, how is like, like, did he get therapy? Like, I was like curious about that for the, how he was able to uh, move on from such a terrible thing that happened to him. And I uh, guess not. Mm-hmm. Guess not. By the way, listeners, um, the reason I'm not saying 
the full R word is because I also post this on YouTube and I can get flagged for it. If anyone was just like, why is she not saying the word? That is why. Um, So yeah, it was, that's why the reason I'm saying this at the the top is because I watched the whole docu-series knowing that. Oh, you did? So you knew that before. Yeah. Well, I posted that I was going to recap it uh, and a follower DM'd me and, and said, and showed me the article. Oh, so you like, oh no. So you have, so our viewings are in completely We're very different, are very different, but the very problem, different. the, pro- so maybe I shouldn't say this. So K- Kendrick also was watching it. <laughs> I shouldn't say this. And Ke- maybe I'll edit this out. <laughs> Kendrick, Kendrick texted me and was like, oh, okay. So I was like, oh, poor Colby. And then I just Googled him and was like, oh, wait, like I somehow was still sympathizing and felt bad for him. Colt, y- you did? I did. I still like felt bad for Colby. Yeah, because it's it's one of those things where like, uh, I don't know, like he's just been so troubled and like I feel bad for both parties. Don't get me wrong. Oh, absolutely. But I still really managed to watch with compassion for him. Right. Like at at the end of the day, if she if she didn't want it, if she didn't want to have sexual relations and he forced himself on it on traumatizing for her, that's terrible. But yeah, like Again, I, I have the same feelings as well because it's it's a very gray situation. They, mm-hmm. it, you know, they were m- married and they were obviously still trying to figure things out. And they, you know, I don't know. It's 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 a it's it's a terrible situation. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It just exactly. I just I still like watched. I was able to watch this series still feeling bad for him. I just feel like he got he got really just messed yeah. up that's what i'm saying so i could i, I, I was like i i, I don't look i don't at him like a predator. I, he, I don't think he's like yeah i don't it doesn't seem like he's a predator i feel like he's he's ab- absolutely a victim not in this particular case but yeah but also all of the things that has happened to him in his life has definitely impacted what happened on that occasion and if all the other things hadn't happened i don't think that Mm-hmm. that would have happened yeah necessarily or yeah. hopefully not it's very complicated it is complicated and so i don't yeah. look at him like a complete predator so it was tainted though of course like i couldn't watch it so and i any anytime kelsey would come on the screen i was like oh poor thing because she really became the victim of this yeah because like for, so for example we meet her and she like she takes Colby to a Christian church and Lori was upset about that. And she goes, uh, Lori would say really like she was really passive aggressive and manipulative. And when they got engaged, she goes, Lori would say weird things like Jesus loves you, but he loves me the most. Can you you imagine having someone say that to you? Yeah. Like honestly, Lori, and this is why I don't believe that she is, she reminds me of I hadn't mm-hmm. finished watching the movie or documentary on Tammy Faye Baker, like the evangelical, like the the woman, evangelical the, lady. Yeah. From like the 90s, with, 80s with her husband. There um, was a documentary on her. I believe there's a documentary, but there's a movie that Kate uh, Blanchett stars in mm-hmm. um, along with um, Andrew Garfield. What is that it, on? It's um, I think you can watch it on Peacock, actually. 
Oh, good to know. Um, but is it not good? Is that why you didn't finish it? No, I am I, going to finish it. I actually started it on a plane. Oh, gotcha. So I landed and it wasn't fucking finished. <laughs> and but I just realized I just saw that it is on one of the streaming sites to watch. And I believe it is Peacock. So okay. I will be watching it because it was actually really, really good. Okay. And I, I, I brought I bring that up is because she Tammy was brought up in extreme faith and she just really what it was was she was using her faith to be able to get like notoriety to be able to become famous. And I feel like that is kind of like what she reminds me of Lori. She like, like the pageants, like the wheel of fortune, wanting to be um, with a, a, a person that's going to be like uh, considered like a high spiritual person. She's just constant. She seems like she's just constantly trying to be better than everybody or like be the top dog, like be like godly or like, like Jesus or something. So that that to me, like, makes me feel like it's all manipulative and she doesn't actually believe any of this shit. And it's all just personal gain. You know what I mean? It's like she is not she does not believe that people are zombies. She just wants to be like this. Legend, this entity, I don't know. Does that make sense? No, I completely got lo- you, you, the way you explained the Tammy Faye Baker thing confused me. Well, because like Tammy Faye can Baker, you, can you can you explain it like a little slower, maybe because I got yeah. confused as to what you said. So t- like she reminds me of Tammy Faye Baker in the sense of she uses her faith for fame. OK, and it's not pure. It's not like it's it's not like it's not to really praise God or be this like the servant to God. It's all about her image image. And she 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 craves the attention. Oh, yeah. It's, now that makes sense. Right. Sorry. Like yeah. I was like trying to like I was piecing it together because I was just like thinking about I was like she just like I was like who does she remind me of? It's like oh. Tammy Faye. Like she really because it's like all the, the little things that they keep talking about in the documentary, like the pageantry, the Wheel of Fortune, Ooh, interesting. the the jealousy of Kelsey and stuff like that. Like Jesus loves me more. It's like this competitiveness and it's wrapped up in pretending like it's about faith. And it's mm. not. It's about ego. Mm, like like Jesus loves me the most. Who says that? Right. It doesn't seem like faith based. It seems like it, uh, her faith is a blanket for her narcissism. Mm, OK, totally makes sense now. It's a yeah, blanket sorry. for her narcissism. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense now. Um, OK, then <laughs> I almost died here. The wedding, he goes, Colby goes, the wedding was weird. They said that Tylee wasn't able to come because she was on a ski trip. She was like 10 years old. That was a power move. Obviously, but to, what a weird excuse. She's on a ski trip. She's not an adult. Right. Like you, she's on a ski trip. Like you, you could have said she's at a slumber party with her friends, but she's, you know, she's in Aspen right now. <laughs> Damn, don't bring up Aspen. I'm triggered. <laughs> Please. She's on her. She's on her yearly trip to Vail. Like, what are you talking about? What a weird like it, is, it was clearly designed so that they knew it was an excuse too. it was designed to make them. It was designed so they knew it was a lie. And and I feel like it was, again, a part of the small seeds that they were starting to plant with uh, uh, Tylee with trying to isolate her yes. from her brother because they have such a strong bond. And totally. she feels like the wife is now taking Colby away. And she needs to have some type of control. So she needs to isolate 
them. So when she, you know, completely disappears, it's much easier and it's much easier for Tylee as well. Like she's completely putting a wedge in in between Colby and his sister. Totally. So Annie says that the wedding is when Lori shifted Lori. Mm hmm. So she starts buying like survival stuff now. She starts buying like bulk rice, beans, canned goods. Like now she's like end of the worlding. And she would say things like it's going to be so scary uh, when the when the end of the world happens that it makes you want to just drive off a cliff with my kids so I don't have to deal with it. See, that's when people say shit like that. You need to listen to that. See, you know, because it's like they're I hate like I, I know everything is like you can see it better in in retrospect. But like, honestly, if people say like crazy shit like that, like you, you need to like take it seriously. Like be, I would rather be wrong than, than, uh, than have that actually happen. I, right. Like, especially she's like talking about taking the kids with her, like take that seriously. Like, she said, I want to drive up the clip with my kids. So, I mean, what do you do at that point? You alert, like, go to the husband and be like, hey, Charles, um, has she said this to you, too? And it's not like it's like uh, back like 30 years ago when that was abnormal to for things like for mothers to kill their children and stuff like that. Or like you didn't hear it about it as much. It's happened. Like a bunch. we've 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 had we've seen that exact scenario happen a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. So like uh, we should that should have been something that immediately we, that we are worried about. Yeah. I just didn't understand that. <laughs> um, so now Alex, her brother and the, and Lori, they're listening to this podcast that uh, is hosted by Melanie Gibb. It's called feel the fire, but it's like a group. And there's this woman named Zulema in it as well. But Colby, he's like, I'm ex- I was excited. She's made friends. I'm like, OK, OK, OK. Still people not really like listen to the podcast, maybe give it a little <laughs> give it a listen. Give yeah. it a little listen. Um, But she's like the leader. They didn't realize that she was like the leader of the group. And also she's going to this conference called Preparing a People. OK, Chad Daybell. Now fuck we meet, him. Fuck now him. we meet this creepy like. Like he looks like a thumb. I know. I was like, he's not even like good looking. You know what well, I mean? Sorry. Like to be like, it, if truly. you're gonna if you're gonna change your whole life and be like in this culty type situation, like at least let him be handsome. Like your husband, your current husband, Charles um, Ballo. Ballo. Honestly, I was looking at the pictures when they were happy, seemingly, and I was like, he looks like a good looking man. And I was like, what's 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 your issue right now? (laughs) Confused. You want to go from that to this dumbass looking man like like. So he's the author of a book called Living on the Edge of Heaven. And he speaks at this conference and he's he compares himself to Woody Harrelson in 2012 so at the end, Lori goes up to his table where he's selling books and is just asking a lot of questions. And uh, he shares with her that they've been married multiple times in past lives. Like they feel oh, this deep God. connection, right? Right. And they're immediately they're texting each other deep things back and forth. Jesus. 
So to really get into the psyche of Mr. Daybell, we meet Dr. John Matthias. I think you have it. And he says to really understand him, you have to go back to 1985. And uh, this guy named Benjamin Hyde served an LDS mission with Chad. And he said that Chad set baptismal records. And Chad jumped, did some cliff diving. And this is where mm-hmm. he claims he had a near-death experience. And in this experience, he gets like visions from the future. And this is where he's like, I am not, I have the power to be a prophet. <laughs> I, love, I love when someone just decides like, hey, guys, you know, hey, did you came to me and I'm a prophet now? Everyone yeah. believe, just believe that. OK, yeah, I got visions from the future. And that's like all people need. They're like, shut up. OK. No. I just like would not do well in a cult. I just ask way too many (laughs) questions. I just wouldn't do well. I wouldn't. I like I really thought about that. I'm like, could I be? I would not. Yes. I I used to think I I would be able to, but I'm the same way. I'm like, no, wait, hold on. It was just because I would be like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, why are we all dressed the same? Like, I don't want to do this. Like, like, what do you mean? I have to text you with what I'm eating. Like, yeah, that like Nexium cold? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, this is not going to work for me. Like, I want to no. know right now. I'm like, not going to ask <laughs> you about that. I'm gonna eat it. So he meets Tammy, poor woman, uh, his first wife. They have five kids, um, write some books, starts his own publishing company. Sounding very. Um, what's that fucking thing that's all over here? Scientology. Oh, very. Doesn't it? it? it and it very it, much has Scientology. It's very Scientology. It's like Scientology, Scientology and LDS combined is what yeah. he basically did. Yeah. It's, he took yeah. little bits of Scientology, and little bits of LDS. And he's like, here's my religion. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. Um, so we meet Julie Rowe. This woman is intense. She's a woman with prophetic gifts. And that is she's like, the, and you know, that's not really a, people don't like that in the LDS church. She's intense. She's very intense. She's had several past lives and believes we are in the final days before Christ comes. And Chad published. <clears throat> hold on. Excuse me. Chad published her first five books. And Chad would say that he could give people numbers based on the number of lives they've had. And she goes, that's where he got it wrong. Christ didn't rank people. So I was like, okay, so you are a little nuts, but at least you don't go too far. You know, and that reminded me of an episode of Law and Order SVU. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I because it was an episode where there was uh, some cult leader guy. It was actually really one of the best episodes they ever had. And he, I think I know what you're talking about. And he kidnaps the little girl and gets her impregnated and like, like convinces her to like hold a gun up to Olivia Benson. And she's like, and he's like telling her, shoot, shoot her, shoot her, shoot Olivia, shoot Olivia. And he's like going. And then that's where he gets, that's where he goes fucking wrong because then he starts getting into his ego and his head. He's like, I tell you, cause I am, I am God. And that's when he, he, he it's like he, she switches and she shoots him because she's like, he lied. There's only one God. Yep. And that's what broke her little trance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These people be going too far with their ego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where they lose it. Um, so Chad believed 
that 144,000 would survive the apocalypse. And he believed Rexburg, Idaho will be the new Jerusalem. And he would be the new savior. And Lori is like, this, I'm buying it. I'm in. I don't even think she is, though. What is like what, the, what was the attraction? You know what it was? It's just like she hated Charles. She's like, he's holding me back. And here's a guy that's got his own fucking religion. He knows it's the end of the world and he's going to be the savior. And he OK, I like this. I think this is this is way better than what, what I was doing over there. Yeah, honestly, it's she, taken control. It's that's two. It it's two narcissists that meet. And that's why they are they're they're they want to be together because they are able to inflate each other's egos and pre- pretty much take over the they they if you have two people who are on the same exact page like that mm-hmm. they can go pretty far. Mm-hmm. Tammy was never good. Not Tammy. <laughs> Keep on calling her Tammy Faithbaker. <laughs> Lori. <laughs> Lori was not going to be able to go far with Charles because Charles just wanted to li- live a nice normal life and raise the children and she she wanted just something so much more and she's been trying to find it and this man was going to be able to give it to her so she was she was willing to do whatever this man said i don't believe for a second that she actually believed any of the shit she that he said but it it was it was compartmentalizing it was like i don't care as long as you know where i want to be think okay so she thinks she's panicking about the end of the world Okay, she's got this crazy like anxiety about the end of the world. Okay, she meets this guy who has like a whole plan about the end of the world. He's like, he's like, okay, no, there is absolutely going to be an end of the world. She's like, finally, someone who admits there's going to be an apocalypse. Right. He's like, but one hundred and forty four thousand will survive it. And I know where the new Jerusalem will be. I will be the savior and we there will be people we can kill to to ensure our savior. This so she's like in every little part of the fucking Bible. I like he's Moses. He's uh-huh. like everybody. So he, he's found a way to like almost qualm her anxieties with like, you know what I mean? <clears throat> like her irrationally, of course, but like in her head, she's like, OK, OK, I was panicked, but I figured out a way not to be panicked anymore. Yeah. So dangerous, obviously, but she's like, these idiots have no idea. Chad has it all figured. Chad and I have it all figured out now. Yeah. And I'm and I am the perfect. Per- you got to watch this Tammy Faye Baker movie because it's like, I, I absolutely will. Because it's, it's what it's feeling like for me. <laughs> so, OK, Lori has Chad on that Feel the Fire podcast, and he tells a story about meeting with Christ and he was shown some future events and the world was chaos, but he was organizing his people to build the new Jerusalem. So it's just like further enforcing like she's like she feels safe now okay so april who's the old friend from Kauai, says Lori expressed to me that charles was already dead and there was a demon inside of him ned schneider is the name of the demon she told other people nick but she told her ned Now would be a time to alert Charles, right? You should give Charles a call. Be like, hey, Charles, has she told you anything about a demon inside of you and that you're already dead? Like, how do you tell someone that 
as well. Like you just always the per- you sound nuts when you exactly, say- exactly. It's a perfect plan. <laughs> it is. It's like because if you try to repeat something that somebody says that's so like if I said told people, Sean, like Emily thinks that she <laughs> is some type of God and we're all going to die tomorrow. Like and he'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but wouldn't he be like, is Emily OK? Well, yeah. I guess Sean would trust me, but like maybe if I started telling random people like they wouldn't or maybe if I tried to if I tried to tell somebody in your family that you said that no one's going to believe me, that's a better example. There we go. Yeah. You got to tell someone like you're the outsider. Like if I try to contact your sister, like Emily Mm -hmm. is talking like, who are you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Believe you. And then you would go to your sister like she's out of her rock, which is what happens. So Colby says that Lori's just like. Hey, Charles has been cheating for years. And that's all that needs to happen because now Charles trying to tell Colby Lori's crazy and like he starts emailing the whole family that Lori thought she was a superior being. And he said she knows things that she doesn't like. Know. It's actually the perfect fucking thing to do is to just say, like, first of all, Cole, that's his mother who has at up until this point been a loving mother got him out of the situation that he was in and his stepdad who has been loving to him, but he, you're going to have loyalty to your mother. Right. And she tells you that her husband has been cheating on her. You're going to believe her. Like she, at that point, she, she, he has given her Colby his, she's given Colby no reason to, to doubt her at that, at that particular point. And it was a perfect, 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 perfect. like story to, that man had no chance. Yeah. but And of course, Janice, my nemesis, she's like, those are just the things you say when you're trying to convince people someone is crazy. Oh, they think they're God. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> say that's not something I would ever say. Like if I would never utter the words like, oh, you know, they just think they're God. I'm like, yeah. OK, well, fine. But but they're in a very religious world. And yeah, like maybe the language they do use. And they're like they're like religious, like to the umph degree, like they're super fans, like Mm -hmm. they're like everybody in that documentary was in incredibly not like religious is not even like they are in it. So Adam, Lori's brother, says that he would call saying that he doesn't have the same wife anymore, but everybody cut him off. Because Lori said so. She got the jump on his ass. She fucking did. And he really he should have been laying the groundwork sooner. But I guess how would he know? Well, I don't know. Okay, so January 30th, 2019. Charles goes to Houston on a business trip. Lori cancels his flight home to Arizona. And Alex removes Charles's truck from the airport parking lot. Alex then removes all of his stuff. He calls Janice and the cops like Charles calls Janice and the and the cops. And now we're back to that. The very first scene from the documentary where the the body cam footage of the cops. Yeah. And poor Charles. Now, legitimately, legitimately, how the hell do you say to the cops what he's saying without you sounding nuts. No, there's no way. This is what he said. He says, this is a quote. He goes, I can't get in touch with my kids. We're all DS. 
She thinks she's a resurrected being and a God member of the 144,000. Jesus is coming next year. She took all her money out of her bank account today. Sorry. There's no way to say that. He he shouldn't have led with that. He shouldn't have led with that at all. He should have completely omitted that 100% and just gone with, I can't get in touch with my kids. She took all her money out of the bank account. My truck is gone. She went to the airport. <laughs> Got it. That's what he should have said. He should have left yeah, out cause all the, past- the other stuff. Because, because people, people are like, they what they because they're so in their bubble of people that all believe in like, or like just as, as in it as they are that when you talk to someone who is not in it like that, you just sound crazy. They're like 144,000. Like, so then the cop goes, so what makes her a danger to herself and others? And Charles says, well, she threatened to murder me. And the cop goes, well, we're talking spiritually. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, what the fuck? Like, you just said something about and he goes, no, no, talking physically. I will kill you because you're not Charles. OK, so it's like, it's, it's like who's Charles? Like, I'm like trying to keep up. <laughs> this is like when you're giving too many details, like, yes. oh, God. And the cop goes, so at this point, she doesn't think you are her husband. And then Charles says she thinks I'm. Nick Schneider. <laughs> it sounds made the fuck up. It does. It does sound made up. Like but it's not. And it's sad. It's so not. fucked up, though. Like, you, you're a I cop. Feel like she, I feel like you're she a just cop responding to a responding to a call. You're like trying to you're trying to write down the details in your notebook. You're like, I'm sorry. One more time. Nick Schneider. I don't even know where to put that on my. No, and it's like, yeah, God. And the thing is, because he's saying all of these crazy things like (laughs) and it's like, and I feel like I feel I feel like I feel like at the time, the cops, even with all this information, they're like, you know, okay, (laughs) if she is really saying all this, maybe we do need to go in and ask. You know, he did get them into that house. He did. did. So, you know what? Good for him. He 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 was like, I'm telling you, you got to get in that house. Yeah. He's like, the cars are gone. I can't get in. They had to kick the door in. But then the cops go, they don't have a crime because she's in her legal right to do what she did. I know. And that sucks because it is. It's like what? Like they can't say that she can't take her kids anywhere. Like they don't have any. It's a custody agreement at this point. I don't believe. Yeah, so she married. Yeah. But what she's doing is she's just like, I feel like she's like gone girling him and all the other movies that we've seen, like just like making this man look wild because. OK, because then. OK, so the next. So JJ had school the next day. So Charles goes to the school and. Like, I guess the car door was unlocked, so he takes her purse and reaches out to the police department. The cop is like, how did how how did you get her phone? And Charles is like, because it was in her car this morning when she pulled up to the school. I took the keys out of her purse because he was trying to keep her there so she couldn't leave. That's when I called you guys. Somehow she has another set of keys and left with my dog. Too far. Far if I'm concerned. Yeah, don't fucking take my dog, you crazy. Um <laughs> okay, so but now this is where she really slam dunks on him. Later that day, Lori, Tylee, and Melanie Gibb, they go to the Chandler Police Department. And Lori gives a statement 
saying that she caught him cheating and she totally lied. Okay, this is the part where I'm like, bitch, if you were really as pious as you are and believe word and believing all I know, right? And believing all the shit you believe, you would not be lying. You would not be making all of these things up about him cheating and see like full lies. But I guarantee her justification for doing that and her lying is because the 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 people are not ready for what is to come. So I am I'm trying to save myself and my children. Or or she's just like, I, I'm, I am. God has told me to not reveal my plans to anyone yet because we ha- we're not ready and we're preparing. Like, so I, I have had permission to lie because it's for the good of humanity. It's always a good like, you know what I mean? There's always some like bullshit reason why people get to c- do commit murders and lie in the name so, of cause God. Because what, sh- what this bitch should be doing is walking in there going, look. I know that the world is about to end and there's going to be only 144,000 of us who survive. Like she should be telling them that. Okay. But instead she's like, he's cheating and I found out he's cheating and he stole my purse. I mean, cause on paper, he's the one who looks crazy. Yeah. Cause that, that wasn't. A, so now that we are at the police station, this is what I was going to bring up. Like, so all this, all of him telling the truth, literally telling the truth verbatim, all the things that she said to him about like the, uh, um, like that's, he's not who he, who he says he is. He's now a zombie. He's Nick uh, Schneider or whomever. Now the cops are expecting that woman to come in. They're expecting that woman who is going to be erratic and crazy and spinning these stories yes. of doomsday and all this stuff. And she's not, she's coming nope. in like it's more now. Cause police, I feel like police hate this. They hate domestic disputes that are petty. Not, not, not ones that are dangerous. That just seems like you were cheating. You're pissed and you guys are petty. Can you guys work it out? Cause you're, we don't have time for your, like your games, your marital games. And I think, especially with their, you know, quote unquote workloads, they were so eager to it for her not to be this crazy person that he made her out to be. And it she to be seemingly sane. And and she used Tylee having Tylee there as a way to kind of back her point up, because like she this the child seems fine. The child seems like she has no idea what dad's talking about, like. So Mm -hmm. just made it super, super easy, even though she's like saying she took his car and things that are super illegal regardless. Like, yeah, because Annie points that out. We love Annie. Yeah, because these officers are just so captivated by her that they're ignoring so many things they should be suspicious of, like taking all of his things down to his underwear, taking his car, taking his kids in the middle of the night. They're just like, oh, well. Like, I would have been a red flag when she started laughing. Like, honestly, I'm just really, really concerned about my lip gloss. Like, I would have been like, something wrong with her. Right. Like, Like, something is is amiss. Like, your your husband is saying that you are, like, thinking that there are zombies in the world and that you want to murder him. And, like, you're laughing and thinking only about your lip gloss. Like, I would be like, she's a little too calm. Like. There's a mm-hmm. there's a thing about being a little too calm. I feel like they should be picking up on that. Yeah, I feel like sh- I could see that she was playing them. I mean, I know that we know we have a perspective, so we kind of knew that she's playing. But like, I mean, they're supposed to be able to pick up on this shit. Yeah. 
But the officer does tell Lori that Charles is on his way with her purse, but he does have this mandatory psych order. And if it's verified by the sergeant, then they will be taking her to community bridges. Uh, But of course, she's like, well, do I have to? Like, will they come like like come and get me? Will they be after me if I don't go? And he's like, no, but, you know, they yes, they will. So she he says the cops like you don't really seem to be in any danger to yourself or others. Like they're very like, you're fine. Here is this bullshit. Um, But then she jokingly says she could use some sleep. So she goes voluntarily. Uh, And clearly she's you know, doesn't say a word about any of her doomsday thoughts when she's in that psyche eval and they release her saying she's totally fine. She's completely fine. That's why I'm like, she is a con artist, con artist, con artist. And so Janice, she's like, well, she didn't get committed. And the thoughts thought Charles was crazier than Lori. So, you know, at that at that point, I'm not going to be mad at the mom because I'm not I'm going to always take my child's word over another person at that point at that point at that point at that point and that point is about to end in a minute mm-hmm. so they break up and charles stays in houston but visits weekly to see jj tiley is devastated 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 july 2nd 2019 charles texts adam which is Lori's brother saying yeah. that Lori sent an email from him with my name on it that he knew nothing about. And the email is about doing a book saying he played minor league baseball and has lots of stories. And Adam and Charles are texting back and forth like, what the hell is this? But they figure out that it's a code to cover up the affair that they're having from Chad's wife, Tammy. Mm. This is how they figure out that they're having an affair. So Adam wants to hire a PI to get a picture of Lori and Chad together. Um, but Charles says he's going to talk to Tammy. So Charles texts Lori saying he's going to talk to Tammy. He's like, your game is up. And Lori goes, you are wasting your time. They are both my friends. Move on with your life. We are done. Let's just get through it. Charles, you're destroying people's lives. Lori, tired of the way you're speaking to me. Charles, me, you're the one having an affair Someone has to stop you. I'm the only one who loves you enough. Lori, stop texting me or I'm blocking you. Charles, you need to be stopped from destroying so many more lives with your whacked out delusions. She probably blocked him after that. So Adams, Adams, they they have like an audio recording of his. um, So I don't know exactly what it's from. Maybe maybe like that was the only way they could interview him. Mm. Um, So Adam says that he called a family meeting, but Charles is super insistent that it be a secret from Lori. Uh, So but Adam gets out there, he tries to call Alex to be a part of it, but Alex doesn't return his calls. And so Lori is texting Alex because she figures it out. She's like they are planning some kind of an intervention. And the the text is apparently it has something to do with Ned being gone. And Alex says, get rid of Ned already. Mm. Here we go. And Charles is supposed to pick up JJ. And he texts um, Adam at 730 a.m. The next day saying Alex is here. And then this is how the episode ends. The 911 call 
is Alex calling and saying, I got in a fight with my brother-in-law and I shot him in self-defense. End of episode. I know. I know. So it picks up with the 911 call. How obvious was it when the operator goes, do you want to do you want to start CPR? Alex goes, no, I don't know how to do that. So she gives him direction. How obvious is it that he's not doing it? Yeah, it's very clear. He's not. He's he wouldn't you like have you usually have to put the phone down and like he's like, yeah, yeah. nothing's happening. I mean, you can you would hear him. Like it's breathing like heavy, effort like, in. Yeah, like you would hear uh, there, there, there was no difference in his voice quality and there would have to be if you're doing CPR, like there would have to like you would be heart like your heart rate would start going up trying to like revive somebody. So here's my that's my first prop. That's my problem. Number one, because that right there is evidence that he's clearly not giving CPR. Yeah, like you. That's like obvious. He would have to put the phone down. There would be clear like breathing difference in his voice he's not doing anything and he literally he, he, it's two seconds go by and he goes yeah it's not nothing's working it's not okay. like he's trying you know yeah i know he wants that man dead so there you go so there's that that's one so they have like the body cam footage of them instructing him to come outside and sit on the curb and so the officer's like what happened today how did it get to this and they cut to the opening credits all right so we we meet Justin Loom or Lum, who's the investigative reporter. And so here's what here's Alex's statement. He said 20 minutes ago, they got in an argument over his sister. He was getting physical with her. So my niece came out with her bat. Then he took the bat away. And then off the officer says, wait, I thought your niece left. And Alex said she did. This was before. He was getting close and she came out to defend my sister with her bat. She poked at him and he took it away. I stepped in and told them they need to separate. So then my sister leaves with my niece. Officer, how long ago did they leave? An hour, 10 minutes. Alex says 20 minutes, maybe. I don't know. I think he came in a rental car. Okay. Like, that, okay. What does that detail means? Nothing. Uh, I feel like when people tell you an, an de- like stupid details like that, they're, they're trying to cover up the lies that they're spinning. Mm-hmm. They're like mm-hmm. too, it's too much, too many details. It's like, what does that have to do with anything? He's so calm. That's first and foremost. He's incredibly calm about having just murdered someone, whether it be self-defense or not. So yeah. that's a big red flag. So Justin, then the reporter explains, um, that Lori takes Charles's rental car, <laughs> takes JJ to Burger King, drops him off at school, then buys flip flops for herself and Tylee at Walgreens before returning home. So Alex says, we're in the living room. I turn around and he hit me in the back of the head with the bat. So I went to my room, got my gun. He always has a concealed carry, always to be safe. So at this point, as he's being questioned, Lori comes home with Tylee. She introduces herself as his wife, which I found to be very interesting. His wife. She says, I'm his wife. Alex. And then so he says, please go over there. Alex says. 
I went back into the living room and said to him, what's your problem? And the officer said with the gun. Now, I thought that was a valid question, because if you're walking, if you've been hit in the back of your head with a bat. Yeah. And you go, oh, my God, I've been hitting that back of my head with the bat. I'm going to go get this gun. You don't go, hey, what's your problem walking back in with the gun? Yeah. Like, you don't. That just doesn't logically sound right. Yeah. You would you would grab a gun and be like, back off. or I'm going to shoot you. And then also, like, why did you do? He shot him in the chest like you could disarm him. If he just has a bat, he could have just shot him in the leg. Yeah. And you would have warned him, like, back the fuck off or I'm going to shoot you. What's your problem? Like, (laughs) that's not how you ask that question in that moment. So this is all super suspicious. The officer is acting like this is all logical. And then Alex goes, yeah, I said, put the bat down and he wouldn't do it. And he came at me with the bat again after he already hit me in the head. And so I shot him to stop. That was it. That doesn't track at all. It doesn't at all. That should be so suspicious completely that none of that should not have been in any way like this. This this sounds uh, this. I'm I'm satisfied. The whole thing sounded chaotic and crazy, and it felt like they were changing their stories multiple times. It would have had so many red flags to me that I'd be like, this isn't something. It just seemed fishy. I feel like anybody, anybody that you told that story to would be like, that don't sound right. No. So they check the wound in the back of his head, and it's like they're like, it's maybe an inch. They're kind of trying to be like, it's not that big a deal. Um. And so the officers then fucking talk to Lori, who has no resp- no reaction at all. They've only lived there for three weeks. And she goes, oh, yeah, I'm like, hi, neighbors. Sorry. <laughs> like you just found out you're, there's your husband's dead in there. And that's what you like. That's, it, again, she says these crazy lines that the police officers aren't picking the lip gloss. Oh, I just worry about my lip gloss. Oh, hi, neighbors. I'm sorry. Like. These are like responses to like crazy things that are happening. You're in a police station right now. You're pulling up to your new house right now, finding out that your your husband is dead inside. Like. Like, I know people react to to grief and things like that differently, but this is (laughs) wild, like estranged husband or not. He's still someone you've known for years. He's helped raise your children. If someone's dead in your life, you would have a response in your house, in your house. A fight that was your brother, like talking to him, most likely the person who did it. Like, you're not like, where's my brother? Like, like, like none of that concern. I can't. Did she even ask, is he still alive? Right. These are all like serious red flags. She she it's like she she knew she she walked up knowing he was dead. Right. She was not concerned at all. So all of this is wrong. So Janice, Janice then tells her, like she says the version of, the, of what Lori says, what happened, which is Charles took JJ out to the car, to like put him in the car, but forgot his phone inside. So Lori found things on his phone that really upset her. Um, and what, like when he came back in, they started fighting and that's like when things you know, got bad. And Tylee came out with the bat 
And Tylee, in Tylee's statement, she said that if, you know, he was like, if you hit me with the baseball bat, you're going to jail. And um, then Janice says that Tylee heard two gunshots, but they weren't real loud. Like they didn't freak her out. Are gunshots super normal for your, for Tylee to hear? Like, but, so, but she knew they were gunshots. They knew she, she, they, but they weren't, they didn't, what? Okay. And then Lori says that she heard the shot and she came back around and he was on the ground and I was freaking out and I just went into mom mode and I, I got to get JJ to school. You know, I got to get the kids. Huh? So you were there when it happened. And then, but, and so when you walked up, you didn't think to, again, didn't ask. So is he cool? Like, is he alive? Cause when I left, he was on the floor, like shot. <laughs> what? So, um, so th- this is like in their state, like they're they're cutting between Janice telling the version and like Tylee and and Laurie are in the same interrogation room. And it's it's a very like nice interrogation room. It's like a very it looks like a therapist's office. Um, and Tylee is asked if she went back in the house after Charles was shot. And she has to th- she thinks for a long time. Like she's like pauses and she goes, yes. I had to get my mom's purse so that she had like her wallet and stuff. But I like I tuned everything out. I went in. I didn't look at anything. I didn't see anything. I just ran in and ran out. Oh, they forced that kid to lie. Oh, yeah. And she was trying to figure out what her mom told her to say. Yeah. So Lori is asked if anyone discussed calling 911 and she says, ha ha. Yeah, he called me and said, are you are you taking JJ to school? And I said, yeah, we need to call the police. And he said, OK, my God, none of these people should have left the station. <laughs> like, like that was like insane. That was insane. Like that they they did everything that like is you're not supposed to do. Like if you someone is shot, you're supposed to call 911 immediately. They waited, I think, almost two hours because they I think they said that they called 40 they like what was it 43 minutes after she he called her called Lori after Alex called Lori so he that's like probably like two hours of of time that's gone by this man's just been laying on the floor I so Janice says that Tylee didn't see this is where Janice just really pisses you really fucking hate it I hate her so much Janice says that Tylee didn't see anything after Charles grabbed the bat from her. And I can't picture a scenario where she would make that up to help her mother. People say, oh, well, she would do whatever Lori told her. I don't think that's true at all. She's a teenager. You don't know anything. okay, Janice, your instincts are completely wrong. Your instincts (laughs) are bullshit. Your instincts are trash, Janice. Janice is like, like, don't ever, ever ask Janice for advice because Janice don't have good advice. She don't Janice. have has John, Janice does not have common fucking sense. I can't stand Janice. I just don't see a world where a kid will listen to their parent. That's what she just said to me. I've, I mean, she's a teenager. Why would she listen to her mom? What? Yeah. If my, if, I, if my mother absolutely told me to say anything, I would. Because she's my mom and I would be like, she has a reason. So I'm going to do it. Janice is so stupid. (laughs) Janice is my mortal enemy right now. Like this whole docuseries. Janice, like her and her bad lipstick. 
I don't know. It was pretty bad. I kept really looking. Bad. I was looking at it the whole time. And eye makeup too. I was like, you just. Well, she did. She, well, she. You can tell she was a. a, a she was a gal that tanned a lot because she was wrinkled. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pruny. Pruny. Yeah. She tanned a lot in a day. Back yeah, in the day. for sure. Um. Okay. So Alex's interrogation. Officer asks if he called Lori, and he says, "No." Now, remember, you see, Lori says that Alex did call her. So we've got a, inconsistent stories. They were satisfied and they let him go. How? I'm just convinced that this department just didn't want to do paperwork ever. And this would be just much easier for everyone <laughs> if it just wasn't if it was what it, they said it was. And it was a domestic dispute and self-defense, it would just be much easier than having to actually investigate it, to be honest. Like they, they just want to close the case because like truly, honestly, this is so obviously with a premeditated murder. All they had to do at this point was be like, now, Alex, do you normally stay at Lori's house? No. Okay. Like, let's ask some further questions like it didn't. It's not even that hard to figure out that this doesn't add up. It they later found out that he called 911 43 minutes after he called Lori and he didn't give CPR shocker. And he was shot a second time when he was on the floor. Yeah. So that means he was not a threat. He shot. He he would. That was a kill shot. Like he wanted to make sure that the, it was he he hadn't. Which, oh, my God, it just like makes so much like if he didn't perform CPR and he shot him a second time while he was on the ground. That means that that man wanted him dead. So my so what makes this so fucking horrible is if they had been properly investigating, if they had been properly investigating and charged Lori and Alex. Or at least even just Alex. With a murder, we would maybe still have JJ and Tylee. Absolutely, it's the I, they need to, that department needs to be sued because there was gross negligence on their part. And also, okay, I just thought about this. They didn't think that maybe this this whole scenario was a setup, just solely like let's take all the the crazy like doomsday shit that like uh, uh, Charles tried to like warn them about. Lori has multiple times said in the first interrogation and then the second one, when um, uh, Charles is shot, that she suspected him of cheating and that in the that day she found something that she didn't like on her phone. So could it not be Ooh. plausible that she did this based on revenge and a woman scorned? type scenario mm. it, at, at the very least for them to continue the, the investigation. Mm. I mean, we know that's not the case because she made that part up, but she is literally giving them a motive of why she might not want her husband alive anymore. Like they, 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 they were handing you guys obvious evidence. At one time, Justin, the reporter guy, he goes, on paper, this seems like a clear self-defense case. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. You should be fired for saying that. What? A, how does this on paper seem like a clear self-defense case? And what? Yeah. Like none of and, this seems like a clear self-defense case. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like because honestly, the whole time I was thinking, I was like, I'm not even convinced that Charles hit 
hit uh, Alex. at all. I'm I I feel like they 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 uh, blindsided this man. They shot him. He got on the floor. They shot him again. And Lori hit. Alex, him just so that he had a gash, had a gash. so that he, they had the alibi and then she left and she bought those flip flops so she had a time stamp of doing something hello and that she wasn't there for for his his departure exactly out of this world this is like why because i i was like the flip <laughs> the, the she bought two flip flops two pairs of flip flops at cbs for what it hi like instead of taking JJ straight to school, she stopped at Burger King and she got flip flops like they knew it, it, it. Like, did not anyone think it was weird that this woman knew that this man had been shot and is on the floor of her new house that she's only lived in for three weeks and she was calm enough to order some damn Burger King for her kid. And I know she wanted to use the excuse. I was going into mom mode, but mm. that was like. You also needed to shop for flip flops after that. Flip flops well. for what? Did you get blood on your flip flops when you when you uh, sh- help shoot that man? You got to get. Re- so you them? did. So you heard the shot like you went out, you heard the shots, you came back in, you're freaking out. But I went into mom mode and said, Tylee, we need flip flops. Do they even like check their bodies for any did blood you, or anything like that could indicate that the story isn't matching up to the timeline of events or any of that honestly though this is fucking crazy shoddy ass police work beyond like they really they they practically they practically said to them this is clearly not a self-defense shooting there was so many so many reasonable doubt that it's not like yes it could have been in a scenario but also it could have not been in many other scenarios that they've also kind of delivered to you on a silver platter literally so to to be able to have that man walk out that day oh, was ridiculous to me not even be held for yeah. a day like that's people get held for dumb shit like yeah all the time it's so obvious i can't and so okay colby gets a call from Lori, and it's so charles died this morning he had a heart attack Kelsey doesn't buy it. Kelsey's like, uh, no. And Lori then texts his texts, his sons. These are the te- this is the text. Hi, boys. I have very sa- all, all periods. I have very sad news. Your father passed away yesterday. Yesterday. I'm making arrangements and I'll keep you informed with what's going on. I'm still not sure how to handle things. Just know I love you. And so did your dad. Two exclamation points. Of course, they're like, huh? What? Are you fucking kidding? And she goes, I'll call you when I can, bub. He is here in Arizona. Doesn't respond for hours. And then she finally responds. I'm sorry you're so upset. She keeps saying, I'm sorry you're so upset or I'm sorry you feel that way, which is such an insult. Yeah, it's like this is... (laughs) And she goes, I'm upset, too. I'm trying to get JJ ready for bed. I'm waiting to hear back from the medical examiner to make sense out of all this myself. Never says he was shot and then also tells JJ's school that Charles committed suicide. I'm just confused of like this is where I'm like, she's starting to unravel for me. How did she think that none of this was going to get 
outed like like they like she just didn't think that Colby was going to find out that he was shot by his uncle. She just thought that the sons would just be like, oh, I guess we'll just bury my dad and not actually look into his death. Right. Like in the school, the school, that one makes more, a little more sense. Like the no, school's not going to necessarily do their due diligence, but. But it's just like, but to even tell the school that, because like now that's on record, it's like. Why not just say the truth that they're like, like, even if it you didn't give the details, like mm-hmm. he was he was uh, shot. We're not really ready to to go into details, like at least with the school and then the kids, you're going to have to tell them that. Like, I don't know, like they're going to find out like I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Kelsey, though, she's like, we're done with your family. OK, Colby, like we're not seeing your mom again, uh, but she's putting it together. Because she's like, why was Alex even there? Alex is never like at your house. Like, why did he spend the night? Can like, someone make Kelsey an honorary detective? Because this bitch is finding was finding shit out left and right. Like doing yeah. doing the job of the police department. Mm-hmm. Full force. Because none of it made sense. You dumbass cops. And so, oh, 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 right away, Lori calls the life insurance company. And this is hilarious. They go. And what was the cause of his passing? Lori goes, um, well, he was shot. <laughs> yeah, she was deciding if she was going to lie. And uh, like she just uh-huh. like, she was really oh. like, should I sell like what? Like a lie? But they are going like, to look into this. To look into it. Like she knew she's like, damn, if I don't tell the truth, I'm not going to get any of this money. But she is not the beneficiary because he did was she really smart. Think- like, did she like the thing is, she kind of like fucked herself because she's doing all this crazy stuff to him. Yeah. In the very beginning. Like, you think, yeah. think that at, and you said that you're going to probably murder him. Like, I would have immediately changed my <laughs> life insurance policy immediately. <laughs> same day, same hour, same minute would not have you would be off, baby. And I would have told her, too. <laughs> I would have told her because I don't want you killing me for no money because you don't you're not going to get it. For me, because you're not on the thing. So then you can just leave me the fuck out of it. <laughs> Figure out another way to get some money because it's not going to be for my death. So just leave me the fuck alone. Uh, so right away, she texts Chad and says that Ned probably did it before we got rid of him. Chad goes, I love you. This is terrible, but it's probably another step in bringing down the Gaddiantons, especially Brandon. And Lori, Lori's still stuck. She goes, I'm thinking it must be K. Like, she's like, yeah, OK, whatever, whatever. I'm thinking it might be K. Like, she's like, I don't the spiritual shit I don't need right now. It's K. She knows it's K. And it was K. It was absolutely his. Charles gave it to his sister. Yeah. So. um, So Colby said <laughs> Colby goes, Lori was acting. My mom was acting real crazy after Charles was killed and saying people were after her and then announces that she's moving somewhere cold and that they'll be back and claiming she got a job and that Tylee was going to school and it was just like it was really irrational. But Tylee was majorly upset about it. And on the day of the move, she's like not talking and um, crying, kept crying. And for everyone, like for for even for Janice, she's like, that's not like Tylee. She's always just like putting on a brave face and keeping a smile. 
and she was crying and crying. And she said to her grandmother, I'm okay, Mimi. I have everything I need. I just needed to cry. Now you can, when she, the way she said that, I have everything I need. You know that like Lori has been saying that shit to her, like putting that kind of like repeatedly, you have everything you need. You have everything. We have everything we need right here. Just like training her. It's so, it's like, and then like the grandmother, you just said that this is not like her and you don't, and then the the dad, the husband yeah, decides Charles like- just shot by your, by your son, by the way. Yeah. Alex is your son. I'm starting, like, I'm starting to see like not the way she raising these kids. Thank I, you. Like, I don't know what, what happened in their household, but mm-hmm. something happened in that household where mm-hmm. they think it's okay to just kill people. That dad, that dad was not, I don't like that. That dad freaked me out. Okay. But Colby, he's like, I feel bad, but like Kelsey got pregnant or we were married. Like I had my whole life. So I lose focus. So I, you know, I would keep in touch with Tylee and not a lot, but I text her on her birthday, this like long text. And she just responds. Thanks, Colbs. I love you with a heart, but like all lowercase. And he's like, it just did not seem right. So I asked my mom, like, what's up with Tylee? And she, but she just said, she'll call you when she has a chance. She's just busy with school. And Colby asked, then Colby asked Tylee to call and talk to her. And then her phone just shut off, like no more Then Lori shut off her phone. And so Kelsey starts, which was what they should have been fucking doing. Fucking Kelsey, man. Kelsey, she starts listening to Lori's podcast. And then she starts, then she starts looking at Charles's emails, those emails that he had been sending when they were all like, oh, it was just like family stuff that we don't, it's like drama between them but she starts looking at it and he had sent the family history documents which is this document about the light and dark spirits and everyone on the list were people that didn't love and adore Lori and Tylee was a 4.1 dark spirit And basically, if you think about it, like Tylee was a teenager. Yeah. And so Tylee was probably doing teenager shit. Right. Right. So Tylee was probably like talking back a little bit. And so Lori, basically, anytime one of her kids did something she didn't like, she's like dark spirit. Anytime anyone said anything against her dark spirit. And so Kelsey sees that Chad is the one who sent this family history document to Lori. So she's like, who the fuck is Chad Daybell? So Chad is the one who created this ranking system and it's very Scientology. He makes it appear like it's this like scientific system. And so Justin, the reporter said, this is a direct quote. I had to, I, I had to write it verbatim. If you are very dark, your spirit has left. Your body's now in limbo. You're a zombie now. And the only way to free your spirit is to kill the body. God. I mean, like, what are we saying here? There are 20,000 zombies. So, okay, Lori texts. They did the text between Lori and Alex. Bad news about our brother, Z, as of early January. Alex says that explains his interest in Charles. Then Lori says, guess who is the final zombie? Alex says, pops, question mark, or Brandon? 
And that's all that. And then so now it's Gilbert, Arizona, October 2nd, 2019. And it's this body cam footage of who turns out to be this guy named Brandon is reporting that he was shot at um, by a car like a like a muzzled gun was like shooting at him. And it turns out this guy, Brandon, was in the process of divorcing Lori's niece, Melanie, which I'm interested to. Is it is it the, the sister who was doing interviews with the mom? Is that her daughter? Oh, because I want I would like to I would like to know more about that and how she got into that and how the family feels about that. Mm. I wonder if it's Alex's daughter. Oh, it could be because, I mean, he was in it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, maybe that actually could make sense. The shooter's car is a Jeep, gray Jeep Wrangler. And he's like, I think it was Alex Cox. And um, Justin actually says that Lori straight up called Alex her hitman. Well, police recover that Jeep and it's registered to Charles Vallow. Leave this man alone. Like they took his car and we're using his motherfucking they, they car. They stay taking his car and no one ever says anything no to one, them. I can't believe that. Like, how are you allowed to just take someone's car constantly and not have any repercussions? <laughs> like, is this the car that they took from the airport, too? I'm sure it is. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. OK, so now we now we're back to Julie Rowe, the the the. the fanatical lady so she says while i have no proof of this what the lord has told me was that lucifer told chad that he and Lori were the davidic king and queen who would start the church of the firstborn which is a lie christ will start the church of the firstborn not <laughs> chad daybell and not Lori. it's that weird is- stuff it's she's she goes he's into weird stuff and then this is when she won me over she goes Although people would look at me and think I'm weird. Um, but I know I work for the light side and I know Chad works for the dark side. I was like, all right, look, I kinda, you know, I, I vibe with I that because, you. because it's like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big component of like, let any let people have what they want to have as long as they're not hurting anybody like Lori and yeah. Chad over here. Like if you want to like do that like and be that devout and all that like go for like it the fact that she says while i have no proof of this what the lord has told me was that lucifer told chad that he and Lori were the davidic king and queen who would start the church of the firstborn which is a lie like, <laughs> <laughs> like christ will start the church of the firstborn like not the, chad Dayville. See, they were like Lord. they were like like been like on their side if they weren't if they didn't if Lori and Chad didn't go to they had to, they had to get be too extra with it they, they had to they like went too far they had to be like the top they had to be Jesus Christ himself God like, like and they could have like they, honestly they probably could have got a lot more followers, <laughs> followers. If they had just been like I am a vessel like or, like <laughs> but they couldn't they couldn't have that they couldn't do that <laughs> They had to go all the way, make them God, make them the same. Yeah, like that was where they 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 lost a lot of people there. So she but she she does make a point. She goes, look, it's one thing to suspect because she's like Chad always seemed like a loving husband and like and like a sweet dad. Uh, but it's one thing to suspect someone of having an adulterous affair. It's a whole other deal to accuse them of murder. I agree with that. That's, and it's true. Like this is this is what happened with Scott Peterson. And yeah. I know people are going to come for me, but 
this is what happened with Scott Peterson is it's like he's definitely the murderer because he was having an affair. But that's a whole other ball game. Oh, I don't have time to get into that debate. Pia is like about to explode. <laughs> you like, know, he did that, right? We just have to. Mm-mm, I, mm-mm. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He I'm not going to do that with you right now. Mm-hmm. He didn't. Why? We will, that's another podcast. That's another Freaking, episode of another podcast. Right now? That is another episode happening? of another podcast. I need to. You, did, you you not, this? did you not? Did you not watch the fucking most recent documentary on this? I think I did. Mm-hmm. I, what you didn't okay now you got me on sidetracked you okay me... okay well i will say i will i will i will give me the documentary you. now i gotta watch that shit real yes quick. because it i it, it changed my whole perspective i thought i thought he did it too and then i was like wait what holy shit yeah it changed my whole perspective i know i don't know why you had to do this to me right now now i'm all all i'm all like i'm sorry i'm really sorry i know i'm i'm mad at it to myself i did it it was all my fault i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm, I'm gonna hold on give me a moment i need to reset i know i know me too i gotta reset too i'm angry i'm resetting <laughs> sorry but when you see the documentary we will discuss maybe we'll do a podcast episode about that because it changed my perspective i was like in 2020 i think it came out I feel like I don't know. I, I would I if even if I had seen it, I clearly didn't I don't remember it. So I need to rewatch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK. Are we good? I'm not, but I'm going to I'm going to continue. Okay. I'm a professional. <laughs> Consummate professional. All right. The last time. OK, so but Julie notes the last time she asked Chad about Tammy, his eyes glazed over and he said, I had a vision. I saw Tammy in my truck. She went off the road, hit a pole, and I could see her spirit leave her body. Fuck. Oh, my right, God, guys. Like jail. Like call someone. Hi, cops. Tammy. Like someone should have call. immediately removed her from the home. <laughs> oh, cops. So Justin says that on October 9, 2019, a man in a ski mask. He shoots, but doesn't hit Tammy. Like What an idiot. You, oh, man, in a ski mask. Alex. Yeah, right. But <laughs> this was weird. He says that Chad ran around to the back and was trying to talk to the guy. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you so He's like, sir, <laughs> I need you to try harder next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, d- don't miss. I know he, he I know he whipped around and talked to that man like, I am pissed. You missed your like fucking, you idiot. One fucking job, motherfucker. Mm-hmm job to do and then you just i'm gonna i'm gonna tell her to come back outside now you're gonna hit her okay yeah uh julie says that the last time she saw chad he said i don't think my plan can move forward until the spouses are dead now again like call the cops like someone needs to be alerted to these like things. what he's the thing is, this is why it's like like you said at the top of uh what might be the first episode? I'm not sure. We're not sure anymore. <laughs> but whatever. At the top, At the top of, this of this series. Series. Yes. Um, it just all was preventable. Yeah. They were, they were kind of like telling people. In so many words, what they were going to do all along, but people just it's like they it's a bystander effect. Like they're like, somebody else will deal with it. I don't want to get involved. <sighs> All right. So Chad texts Lori. 
It says the short version is that she has been switched. Tammy is in limbo and a level three demonic entity named Viola is in her body. It happened around 10 p.m. I want to know how they come up with all these names. Yeah, they really are. They they name they name them interesting names. Yeah, like what? Like how did you get it? Like how did you just? No, you made <laughs> Ned because Viola. Because again, no one talked to them. They made all of this up. Yeah. So I need to know how you make up your names. I'm curious. <laughs> Where did you get this inspiration? No one, Nola or the fuck Mola did not tell you to do that. Mm-mm. This is this was kind of it just goes October 19th. Tammy dies and it doesn't explain. I didn't like that, that, that you don't just tell me she dies like no one knows. How she just what? Died. Yeah, like I didn't like that at all. I was like, so we didn't. What do the court? What do the coroner report say? Like, <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Like, she just died. And you guys put her in the ground, and that was it. No one like looked into it. Uh, I okay. that really bugged the shit out of me. I was like, are we all going to just accept that? And also, again, where, did, did his kids just accept that? Like, where, where did what did his all kid, like, five, of, five them? of them? Like, no one had a question. Not one of them. Statistically, that doesn't make any sense. Someone <laughs> would have had a question. I don't understand this. So Tammy's life insurance is four hundred and thirty thousand dollars. And like soon after this, Zulema Pastenis and Alex Cox get married. She was another one of like the podcast group of people. And also Melanie, who was the niece. So it must not be Alex's daughter. Melanie marries Ian Palowski. Uh, after two weeks of knowing each other and these couples are married within one day of each other and they're witnesses at each other's wedding. So this is like a tight culty circle of people. Yeah. That, that's why I feel like Melanie isn't Alex's, yeah, not Alex's. Like Alex's child because I feel like they would have mentioned that. No, like, cause that would have been like, or I wonder part. maybe Melanie is like not birth, like not by birth a niece, like maybe like, yeah, Chad's, or I'm not sorry, not uh, Charles's. I don't know. No, I feel like it had to come from that Looney Tune family, right? I think it, <laughs> and I, th- I think, I think, I think, I really think it would be um, the sisters because it's like I, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because she does the interviews with the mom, and you're right. I just feel like it tracks. <laughs> no, no, you're right, because she seems like she'd have the other kind of nutty one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go with that. That's what. Yeah. Since I could. Really, I mean, I could I could look it up. They could have I, also clarified that to me in the documentary since you yeah. went out of your way to tell me it was a niece. Like, I need to know how. Yeah. That is important to the narrative, in my opinion. Yeah. Good point. Jeez. It is important, though, because it's like. So, yeah. like, what does the other family think about this? And is she culpable in any of this shit? Like, do yeah. we, are we mad at the niece? Like, we just kind of like we kind of yeah. like, let that go after a while. Like, yeah. Was That's... she in on it? Did she help orchestrate anything? Did anybody call the niece to see if they had the kids? Like, that was a little negligent. I don't know. I was like, mm. hmm. there's like, there's a couple moments in this document. I, I overall lo- loved the documentary, but there were moments where I was like, we could have. W- gotten a little bit more clarity on certain dynamics. I like do agree. Charles Val, Val- uh, Valo's children kind of just we just we never they, got they, them at all. We never got any closure on that. 
like did they ever did they ever how did they find out more details did did they try to sue did they try to pursue did they have any suspicions did they accept that their father did this like we didn't get any of that great point we this could have been a much longer documentary like i just feel like we kind of got we got we got some good stuff but like i like i feel like we they missed some opportunities there or even if they and i'm not saying that maybe they did try to get them to interview and they didn't want to but like usually if you try you like say at the end like we did try to like so we know that they made an effort to get that part of the story but they did not want to be included so that's all i'm saying well they even they could have just even reported on it they could have yeah. just said you know they, we we could have had one more part of this documentary i feel yeah i i, I agree like because there was like i don't they, know the, you're right they definitely missed a lot with the with how that family handled it and then also like how did tammy's kids although um chad apparently chad daybell's kids don't think he had anything to do with any of these murders they think he's innocent hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, is that? Oh, OK. Yeah, See, that would have been awesome. Like to know. The yeah, they could have they well. could have they could have put some of those interviews. I was like, yeah, there. I wanted to know more about Chad's kids. And like, yeah, and like, so do they so they don't think that they they that they, they, they murdered their mother or I'm I'm going off of a, a follower just DM me and said I saw an interview with the kids and they think that he's innocent for the first time the five Daybell children Emma Garth Seth Mark and Leah are speaking out together in defense of their father who has pleaded not guilty to all charges did your father Chad Daybell play any role in killing JJ and Tylee no no, no. Then why were their bodies found buried in your father's backyard? I don't know, but I do know that if he were to commit a crime, he wouldn't be foolish enough to put the evidence in his own backyard. Nor would a one-time professional gravedigger have dug such shallow, crude graves, says Seth. He knew how to dig graves, and I, that just doesn't sound believable to me. This is where Tylee's body was found. Was back here. Emma took us to her father's backyard to show us another reason why she believes her father wouldn't have buried JJ and Tylee here. You can look around for miles and miles. Their property is surrounded by plenty of places to hide a body. There's land down there that no one would ever touch. What do you say to those people who are still very skeptical with all of this? It might seem like a convenient excuse, but if it's the truth, we have to hold to it. Emma believes the children were put in her father's yard on purpose. He was framed. It all goes back to this woman, says Emma, her father's new wife, Lori Vallow Daybell. I think he was fooled in the worst, most deadly way possible. So we, we just we were lacking some perimeter stuff like they just kind of kept good assessment pia well done thank you i was really bothered by that the whole yeah. time no you're right 
Uh, Zulema texts Chad after she's married and she said, the Lord has placed a new yearning in my heart. It's so beautiful. I only want to read, study, learn, go to temple and serve him. I'm really leaving the world behind. Oh, Chad's so creepy. He says, don't worry, you will know when to gather. Oh, so creepy. He says, I actually feel you'll be among the first people to gather to the safest, quote, white camps. You're part of the team. What the fuck does that mean? Okay, so there's some sort of like 2020 deadline. And now Kay Woodcock can't get in touch with JJ. It's now November. She hasn't seen JJ in two months. So she calls the Gilbert police. She she gets into Charles's Amazon and sees a purchase for this Malachite ring after he was already dead. And she gets the sh- uh, the shipping address. So on November 26, 2019, Officer Hermasio is called to do a wellness check on JJ. He's met with Alex. And Alex is like, oh, yeah, no, JJ is with Kay. And then he's like, well, that's unlikely since Kay is the one who called this wellness check. Well, see, mm. and also give it up to Kay, this elderly woman doing doing some real police work, figuring out technology to find an address again. What is the police doing? Nothing with all the resources that they receive to like, oh. not be able to like figure out where they these these people live like this elderly woman figured out how to get to a, her dead son's amazon account and t- to to hopefully find some clue which she did it's her brother FYI. oh sorry my bad oh yeah kate i thought that was a grandmother well my she because she does look she has that vibe she just she i kept thinking it was his mom too okay my, my bad it's jj's grandmother though that is why it feels older okay but it, it, I kept thinking, yeah, but she's, she was older. Um, Alex like lies and is like, Lori's in apartment 107, but that's Melanie's address. But then eventually they get to Lori and Lori is like super freaking weird. The lieutenant gets to Lori and she's like, oh, you probably talked to my brother and his friend, but the friend is Chad. And the officer's like, is that Chad Daybell? The same Chad Daybell whose wife passed away recently. And Lori, at one point, she goes, I look like a suspect, but I'm a good person. I raised all of my kids. I've done everything I'm supposed to do in life, but everyone is causing me trouble right now. Girl, girl. Uh, But then Lori says, this is the thing that gets, this is what takes her down. That JJ is with Melanie Gibb in Arizona. Mm. Mm-mm. Melanie was not having it. Nope. Nope. Too far. Not today. Nope. Uh-uh, not up for that. Mm-mm. And uh, so the officers, though, so they tr- because they're doing a wellness check, they're just trying to find that's their one job is to get in touch with JJ. So they try to call Melanie and they can't get in touch. So Lori goes, oh, well, they were going to go see Frozen 2. Too so many that's details. Pro- that's probably mm-hmm, that's probably where they are. Probably where they are. And uh, Lieutenant says, well, would you get in touch with the officer who's been trying to call you? And she goes, OK, uh, sure. Okay. You can just tell she meant she's like, never. I will never call you. She's, ne- she's not. They should, have had, they should have had a car on that house. Right. So Mel- Melanie's then records a conversation with Lauren. She's like, well, is JJ safe? And she goes, he is safe and happy. I mean, if you're being controversial to me or if you're recording this conversation for the police or whatever, I love you with all my heart. OK. Yeah. She's like, well, if you love me, you wouldn't tell the police that JJ is with me. 
Uh, so police get a fucking search warrant and go back. But everyone is gone. All the shit is gone. No kids. Nothing. That's a huge red flag. Yeah. And so then they yeah, go to like- Kelsey and Col- Colby's house and they're like, have you seen them? And they're like, no. And so now that now the media picks it up and it was funny because Justin, the reporter, it's like I could tell he had a little bit of resentment. He's like, now they are playing catch up on a story that was developing months prior. He's like, uh-huh. I've, I've been on it the whole time. Okay, that's cute, everybody. Uh, so, but then Colby does this weird thing where he keeps posting videos on YouTube with messages to Lori and the kids. And like people then, of course, it's like if you're posting on YouTube, you're going to get weird comments. So like people think he's yeah. either involved or working with the police or something. Uh, but it was weird. Like it was the posts were strange i think and again i it's one of those things where like i get it seems strange but i also got where he his desperation came from because it's like at this point he still is holding on to this mother that he thinks he knows and i i truly believe he was like i think i'm the only person that could could get through to her reach her and and because she keeps like avoiding and like shutting his phone off it was like I really do believe it was his desperate attempt to be like, she, I can maybe just like break through to her. If like he, she hears it from me and then she'll like break from this trance and she'll tell me. Yeah. Um, which I mean, if he, if you're seriously like, honestly, I probably wouldn't care how I come off either. If it, at that point, if you're just really trying to look for the cage or just like whatever I fucking got to do to get them back, I'll, I'll do. And if people want to think I'm involved, that's cool. But like, I also know my mom and I try, I'm trying my best to get her. And she probably was sense into her. And she probably liked the videos too. Like in the sense of like, like she's a narcissist. It's like you have someone who is like constant. She probably, I bet you she watched all those fucking videos. Maybe like she just loving the intention. So Tammy's body is exhumed. And this is when uh, Zulema is like, she, they have an audio of hers and she said that she figured if any if Alex had anything to do with it, she would tell her. But um, then she talks to Alex and he says that Tammy had been a zombie. Mm-hmm. And she's like, wait, hold on. I remember you said the same thing about Charles. And she's like, wait, you guys aren't really doing anything physical to zombies. And Alex just leans back and all he says is no. Okay. And so it's definite. Yes. So she goes to like walk away, but he, he says, I, he realizes that they're making him their fall guy. Okay. But then there's a cut to Zulema's son calling 911 and saying that Alex passed out and Alex died because he had blood clots in his lungs. That seems what that seems super convenient. It sounded like a plan that they had in place in case shit went went down and he like took something that w- would cause whatever his cause the blood clots. Like, you know what I mean? It seems like that. It just it, it's just so goddamn convenient that he, he would die. Something is amiss. Something's afoot. I don't know. So, OK, so. Colby says that there's an article about Lori running away from Idaho with her new husband. And it's news to everyone that she's got a new husband. And Janice, you know what she says? 
She says, I thought, well, at least we don't have to. We didn't have to get her a present. I can't with Janice. I hate Janice. <laughs> I can so- see why Colby was very frustrated with his grandmother. Yeah, like, right. Can you imagine like just being like, guys, I need you to really just stop <laughs> right fucking now. <laughs> you can love mom and also be like, something's really fucking going wrong with her right now. Like, stop it. This is wild and weird. No one knows where the kids are. She has a husband that no one knew about. And uh, oh, guess what? 13 days after this fucking wife died. Like, it's the guys. Stop, Janice. I would have had to, like, leave her house. Like, so Lori has now been officially charged with abandoning her children and they track them down to Kauai and the cops present her with a search warrant for her car. And there's this reporter like in her face and she's like, everyone is praying for your children. They can't find your children. She's like, that's great. Oh, she's like, she's horrendous in this moment. And so they give Lori until Thursday to bring the kids and She's arrested in Idaho, but they like they have to bring her back to Idaho. And so they're like the last shot is they're escorting her off the plane, like into a cop car. I don't know why, though, this this dumbass reporter was making me so mad because he's like, where are your kids, Lori? Where are your kids? I'm like, OK, she can't. She's not going to answer you. You Shut up. <laughs> oh, she did. What if she just turned and said, yeah, they're, they're the dead. Car. They're dead. <laughs> like, Wouldn't that be like like it never, ever, imagine that it would never and never happens. But. One day, one someone someone's like, you know what? I'm done. Fuck it. I did it. It's like every reporter has to do it, but it's like such a stupid habit that like if someone's leaving a courtroom, they're like, what happened to your kids? Where are they? Where are Chad? Like, Chad, where are you? Chad, where are the kids? Like, Chad's not going to say it. I know you guys just like have to ask, but like, I know, but like, I want it to have, I want it to work one day because it would be one like, day. It just, will. Like, I just want it to work. It'll be historic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. Justin, he gets a link to a folder sent to him in an email. It's a folder of over 600 wedding photos with Lori wearing that Malachite ring that was purchased on Amazon. <laughs> like they're like they're like leaving like straight up evidence for them. The Im- the image of him playing the ukulele and her dancing. Oh, Oh, that ukulele can go to hell. Like, oh, it's just, it's, oh man. It's just like, it was like, they were literally stomping on the graves of the kids by going to the place that was their, their happiness. Like where they, I think that was like probably the the last time they were all like before Colby went off to do his own thing. Mm -hmm. Like when they were truly a family and it's rude. And t- so at this, uh, Tylee was 16 and JJ was seven. And Colby can't believe that Lori would have done anything to the kids. He's like, how could that be possible? He's still living in that place at yeah. this point. But Lori's bail bond hearing. And he's like, she comes in. He, Colby's he's like, her makeup was weird. And then when they show her face, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like clown makeup. Yeah, like the Joker. Yeah. And when so she's in that jumpsuit and she's smiling at everyone. She's smiling at Kay and Larry. And 
obviously like the guys they're they're like okay we're we need to set this bail high she's got three active investigations into suspicious deaths i'm like okay well to be honest the charles valla one should have been like she should have been stopped right there because it wasn't even a it was like it was a murder it was that one was so sloppy that like she could have been yeah like she could have been stopped stopped right there immediately I we have no idea with Tam- I still we I don't understand how Tammy died. She just got put in the ground and like that. That was it. I can- so the bill said at one million and Chad's right behind her and the way they're like looking at each other. And I love Colby's like, I just fucking stared at him and Chad looked all scared. Like Chad was oh, like, and, oh, and when if because at first, like, you know, when people say, yeah, I just like stared at him. I was like did you and then i was like no he did he <laughs> he got man, up and like that man was he looked like he was about to charge him like oh, yeah like he that was a very accurate representation of what he did <laughs> yeah, i was i was like okay this he was like i need you to see me like, oh and and he's like fucking chad is such a dweeb yeah, he's such a and he weed did look scared. He's like that man is bigger than me. That because like Colby looks like a linebacker. Like he, he does. Like he, could, he looks like he could fuck someone up. Yeah, like, and Chad he, looks like he could not. Yeah. So Colby calls Lori at the jail, and he he says, "You're not the one who raised me to understand Jesus." I like that they can flex Jesus, like they can still flex their religion on her. Yeah, and she goes, oh, "Really, really." <laughs> he goes, I hope that you turn your heart to, to the true Christ so you can come back from whatever this is. I would have never thought you would have ever done something like this. She's so creepy. Yeah. What is it that you think I've done? Like, bitch, do not. I hate that. I hate the way she's like just so calmly speaking to him. I'm like, oh, I hate it. it's revving me up. And she tells the story about Abraham and Isaac, which is the story of like Abraham being told to sacrifice his son and trust God. But then when he was about to sacrifice his son, it was just a test of his faith. And he's and Colby's that's a like, confession the, to me. Why are you telling me exactly like, why are you telling me this story right now? Well, now let's go to Janice. Let's go to what Janice did. OK. So she said, Lori called and said the kids were fine. That's what she said. So they do an interview with CBS this morning with Lori's sister and and they the interviewer is like, so do you think she's in a cult? And they're like, no. And then they say, he said, do you think Chad brainwashed her? And they go, no, it's not possible. OK, so she just did that on her own then. Thank you. And so, so <laughs> did, by the way, I hope Janice knows she just sunk her own kid by saying that, because so that means that Janice was solely responsible, that she's not so susceptible to um, brainwashing. And then and, and if I was Chad, I would throw Lori under the bus and be like, she brainwashed me. Ooh, just saying. Ooh, nice. Look at you building the case. Now, uh, Janice says that uh, she's like, I just don't know anything. Okay. You know, because I just really don't know who knew it could get worse. Janice. Yeah. Janice. Janice. Um, so they find this photo from September 8, 2019. It's at Yellowstone National Park. It's with Tylee and JJ and Alex is in the background. Um, but the so Alex is dead from a blood clot in his lungs. OK, um, the FBI has Alex's cell, though. And so they traced his steps to Chad's backyard. 
for he was there for two and a half hours. 14 minutes after Alex leaves Chad's, he te- Chad texts Tammy. And the text is, well, I had an interesting morning. I felt I should burn all the limb debris by the fire pit before it got too soaked by the coming storms. While I did, I spotted a big raccoon along the fence. I hurried, got my gun, and he was still walking along the wall. I got close. That one, I got close, shot. It did the trick, blah, blah, blah. So he, uh, it's, it's another one for our pet cemetery. So basically, we know what this is. Like he's <laughs> explaining why he's going to have another grave in the backyard. Right. Right. Yeah. So do you think that that whole exchange is that um, Tylee saw him getting rid of JJ's body and they had to like get rid of, get rid of Tylee because of it? Do you think that's what the raccoon, I've kept, I kept on thinking raccoon meant Tylee. No, no, no I think, no, they killed Tylee because she was a zombie. No, I know that they they thought that she was a zombie, but she, like what I'm I'm confused with the big raccoon like code. He, so they're all talking- t- so Chad texts Tammy, his okay. old wife, saying, oh. "Yeah, not not Lori." Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, oh. this is when Tammy was still alive. So oh, he had oh, to, oh, he had to oh. explain it to Tammy why there would be another grave in the backyard. Oh, okay. I okay. I completely thought. For some reason, Chad was texting Lori, Lori. And then it, I thought the raccoon meant Tylee. And then, OK, thank you. God. Yeah, like, there are a whole little code shit gets gets me. Confused. Yeah, I know. I fully get it because I actually thought it was to Lori as well and thought it was in code and then I had to put it back together. Thank you for that. that uh, yeah. So June 9th, 2020, law enforcement heads to Chad's residence. And this is when it's not good. So Lori calls Chad in this conversation. He's like, they're searching. And she goes, okay. And she's like, should I call you later? And he says, we'll see what transpires. Yeah, okay. (laughs) And uh, she says again, should I try to call you later? And he's like, I I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Over and over again. He tries to fucking drive off super fast, but the cops floor it and go to catch him and they find human remains. So they call Colby to let him know. (laughs) Janice, I said Lori couldn't hurt her kids and I was wrong. Fine. Like, I'll give you that. Like, you know, Colby didn't think so either. I am happy, though, that Janice because I because I could easily see Janice being like, well, it wasn't her. It couldn't have been her. Like, yeah. I know the kids are dead, but it, yeah. it, could, it must have been some other reason why she had. She felt she needed to do that. Like that would have pissed me off. So I'm glad she just like she just finally was like, OK, I like literally exhausted all of my like denial. Yeah. And I'm going to just admit what the truth is. Yeah. Uh, so Colby calls Lori in, pr- in prison and Lori goes. How are you, Bubba? Listen, don't don't do that. Uh, And Colby's like, he's like, he's so mad. He goes, what I've seen. And Lori goes, oh, you've seen it. You were there. Oh, so you've seen everything that what's happened. That's interesting. Girl, don't gaslight me, bitch. Uh -uh. And Colby's at one point says, I miss my family, mom. And Lori says, I know. So do I. And he's like, how, how can you miss them? She goes, how can I not? They're my babies. Okay. 
Alrighty. And when Chad's getting walked into court, he has a bulletproof vest on because as you can imagine, people want him dead. And so now he now we're in like his I'm sure this is I'm assuming it's like a pretrial. I'm not sure exactly what this is because he will he's not stood full trial yet. So Officer Hermasio is on the stand and he was the wellness check guy. And he said that Chad lied about how he knew Lori. And when he asked for Lori's number, Chad said he didn't have it. Then Melanie Gibb gets up on the stand. And this is the one she she said that Chad had called her and said the police will be calling you. Don't pick it up. And the whole story about how she was supposed to lie. And she said that she'd asked Chad if he was nervous and he said yes. And then they play the recording. Um, And essentially, as soon as Melanie is not agreeing with them, they're like, "Okay, we sense some dark spirits coming from you. We sense this is David's influence. And David was her boyfriend. (laughs) And which is, you know, so then David gets up on the stand and he tells a haunting story. Uh, September 22nd, 2019, he uh, it was his podcast business in Babylon and he had Lori and Melanie over doing it. And Lori was explaining that JJ was being a zombie, climbing on cabinets, smashing things, got between the top of the cabinet and the ceiling. And Annie pops in to remind us that he was autistic and she was really worried that if he had gotten in one of his loops because he says things on repeat, that he would become someone that Lori would like, you know, latch on to as a zombie or something. Yeah. So David says, uh, David said that he'd asked to see JJ, but Lori said that he was out of control. So she had Alex come and get him. And the attorney asked, did you see him later that night? And David said, yes. When Alex brought him back home and put him to bed. And then Justin says that, uh, David explains this tender moment where JJ's laying in Alex's arms and his head is on his shoulder peaceful. And Annie believes that JJ was dead at that point. I think so. Oh, which is, which is crazy because they had the gall to openly bring that body in with other people there that are had no parts of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So an FBI agent uh, gets on the stand and he reads a text between Chad and Tammy. And it's the same text from earlier with the like, I shot a raccoon and I buried it in the backyard. Uh, and the reason why that text is important is because that's the day after Tylee was last seen alive. So it's like it's they're putting it together that that was absolutely them um, burying their bodies. So they were killed within a month of leaving Idaho this big manhunt's been going on for months, like all the man hours, all the money wasted. Um, so they, when they went to search the backyard, there's like a statue of a dog and then a grave. And that was the partially burned remains of Tylee. And then there's another grave where JJ was in his red pajamas. So Lori waived her right to a preliminary hearing. And her attorneys are trying to argue that she was unfit to stand trial. So she was committed to a mental facility for 90 days. Um, She was eventually, I believe, found fit for trial. Chad pleads not guilty to all three charges. Colby calls Lori and Lori says, you don't know. And you will see one day. Okay. Okay, bitch. 
Uh, so Chad was charged finally with the murder of Tammy. Lori was charged with the mur- conspiracy to commit murder of Charles, finally. And then also consp- uh, with the attempted murder of conspiracy on Brandon with Alex. Like, so that, you know, finally, finally, uh, we get this really sweet memorial in Kauai. Yeah. With, uh, and that, uh, did you cry? I almost cried. I didn't I cry, close. but I was, I felt, I felt. I felt, I felt things. I felt things. I felt things because he, he thanks Charles for being his dad. Oh, yeah. I know. I really like especially with the Charles thing, because I feel like they just yeah. felt so guilty for not yeah. reading those emails sooner. Yeah. Like they had all of they had all of it. He was selling them. Um, And he's like, JJ, you're the greatest little brother that anyone can ask for. And Tylee, I'll never forget how much I immediately fell in love with you. It was really sweet. Yeah. Um. And Kelsey talks about how they try to make their own daughter's life normal and they try to keep Tylee's memory alive and have their faces all over the house. Um, and so the last little bit is they the causes of death have not been made public. So we still don't know. Um, yeah, because exactly I was, how I'm very curious how they killed them. Yeah. It, yeah, I, I was very because I was I was really curious on how they killed him because I'm like, I didn't want them to be like saying it was some accidental thing that happened and they just didn't know what to do. And then they bear their bodies like that. Like, I want to know, like, I want it to be conclusive that those that they murdered them so they can get the mat. The, I'm I'm like, I want them to be in jail for the rest of their life. Oh, yeah. They're, they're seeking the death penalty. In both yeah, cases. I don't necessarily love the death penalty only because I don't either um, of the people that have been wrongfully it's just like it's just like it's I don't want anybody to get executed that have not committed crimes. And so therefore, that's why I'm like, I don't love the death penalty, but I know those bitches did it so they can fry. <laughs> yeah, no, I am against the death penalty as well. Um, I think that suffering in prison for the rest of your life until you die is absolutely punishment. Oh, absolutely. Like d- being put to because because uh, who is it? Ted Bundy. Wasn't he trying to get? the death penalty yeah there was there's there some people who would prefer to just die yeah. and I also think it was ted bundy i actually but the thing is it has to be like a really shit jail like i want like yeah, i know real I, bad the thing is but th- this is my issue though with people, general population the people with like them who are culty I don't really want them mixing with other people because i don't want them to start their own little cult in jail and like have their own little following there. I I want them to be in isolation. No, no, no. I sure. But I also think that Chad could totally go into gen pop because he's accused of killing kids and he'll he'll get shanked. That's true that that you're that's a good point. Or just like he'll just get beat up every day. That's a good point because people uh, uh, they they have their like rules of prison prison rules it's like the children thing is a big deal like Mm -hmm. people don't like when you fuck with kids yeah and so that's that's a no torture his ass so okay he can be in gen pop but i do want laurie in isolation because i think that would would really be a punishment for her she she would isolation yeah because she would love to just chat it up with anybody who would chat with her and i feel like she would almost like 
it would she would find an oasis within jail and I don't need her to have that. She yeah. needs to be in isolation. 100%. And for the record, I think isolation is the only only if uh, like get rid of the death penalty and replace it with isolation. Because that's crazy. Because isolation. isolation is awful and it's yeah. a, it should honestly be abolished. And, and if you and like replace the death penalty with isolation. How about that? Yeah. And only use isolation for people who are going to get the death penalty because isolation is horrible and should not be used as a form of punishment in prison as much as they do. Yeah, I feel like isolation is should be definitely reserved for people who are just like shouldn't really never be mixing with other people, even murderers like they shouldn't even they should never speak to another soul. Like, Yeah, no, honestly, because they use isolation way too much as a form of punishment in jail. Yeah, like I don't think it should be a form of punishment for like stupid offenses in jail uh-uh. because it's like that's crazy they use it but, way too much but like for like the ted bundy's and the people like who who yeah. are like or uh or uh what's his name uh that killed sharon tate um was it ted bundy no no, no. uh manson manson he needed to be in isolation because yeah because because he's he can he's he's a charismatic person like he can like yeah. get people like those people are dangerous and because and then also people who he still had a following even when he was in jail. Yeah. Like, it's just like you need to, like, not let him be, like, mm-hmm. mixing with society in any capacity. Yeah, totally. Also, did I, I, did I ever tell you to watch the show The Following Mm-mm. with Kevin Bacon? No. What? They had, like, three seasons. Season two and three were not that great, but season one was phenomenal. I urge you to watch it. Okay. It's it's about a cult. Like it's this wild. I can't even explain it to you. It's like the wildest concept I've ever seen. And it makes you and I'm telling you, you will now look at everybody in your world differently. Ooh. Like, seriously, I was Ooh. like, oh, my God. But OK, it, it, but I bring that up because he goes to jail and he does in the first episode, he does everything from jail because he had a cult this entire time. So his whole he did every he did this incredible mass murder from jail because he was that charismatic of Ooh. a leader. So oh, my God. Just watch. Even if you don't watch the whole se- season, watch the first episode. It's, it's the wildest first episode I've ever seen in my wow. life. Like the pilot episode. Is that good? Yeah. Just watch. Just watch the first episode. Wow. Of, of it, the following. Of the, it's called the following. It was like probably on in 2015 or 16. Ooh, OK. Um. Yeah, the, the first episode, I, I've never seen a show that dynamic in its first pilot episode, mm-hmm. but it, it fell off hard, though. Like, it was like, I hate cause, that. Yeah, because the first season was phenomenal. Second, third season, it just like they were trying to keep it going. But like, I think the shock factor of the first season kind of wore off. And then you're just like, what is happening now? Mm-hmm. Uh, OK, FYI, guys, Chad and Lori are going to be tried together. Joint trial happening in 2023. I can't wait. Me too. I'm into that. Get them already. God damn it. I kind of feel like Chad's going to turn on Lori. Well, I think that's why they're doing a joint trial so that they can't. He can't do that. Yeah, I think that's why they're I think they thought about that long and hard. And I think they're like, I if we try one against and try one and then the other, I think they were concerned that that could happen. Yeah, because I I, he looks weak. like as much as he's like, he looks so weak. He looks so when he was looking like I took it's so funny because my different perspective of when Lori was gazing at him and mm-hmm. he was gazing at her was Lori was like, we're partners in this. I won't be telling anyone anything. And he, I feel like his gaze was like, bitch, don't say anything. And I feel like he was thinking about like, should I get out of this? Like, should I flee? 
Yeah. So I my kids think that they're not my kids. I think that that's why they said Mm-mm. we do this together because they were completely. And I actually love that because I think that they both need to get the max. And I don't want anybody to get a better deal because mm-hmm. they turned on the other. Mm-hmm. And I think that they they knew that they probably Chad was probably already flipping. Chad was. Oh, I, I all I honestly, bet he was like, I'll take a deal. Lori did everything. I honestly like I saw that man. I was like, that man is not for jail. He is not <laughs> trying to be in jail. I can tell you that. And it's so funny that his five children didn't get any of the dark, dark ratings. Oh, and I bet that's why the kids are saying our dad did nothing. I bet that's why the kids are doing interviews like, no, no, our dad did nothing. So they they, they knew they 100 percent knew. They're like, no, you guys are both doing it together. You're being charged together. Yeah. So you can fuck off, Chad. Yeah. They saw right through that. And I'm, I, I mean, I'm assuming that the reason why we don't know about the Tammy's stuff, too, is because they, they really want to keep everything hush hush to for the trial because it's an ongoing investigation, but it, it is it's frustrating ah. because we do have a documentary. So it's like we have like I just needed them to be like a little bit more transparent, like of why we are not getting certain details because um, I know yeah, you're right. I could, they, I could, just, they could have explained that. Yeah, because I like I'm I'm I don't give me details if it's going to uh, mess up the case. Like I don't need details that bad. But it almost it, I I need to know that it's because of that and then not because you're just not doing your homework or like you're just not yeah, tying like put, up loose ends. Just, just put something up on the screen that says the the cause of death for Tammy was not released because it's an ongoing whatever the hell. Yeah. And I would have been like, that's fine. Yeah. I would have been you like, keep, Ooh, sexy. You, yeah. You keep, keep, you keep hold that. On to that. You, get you them, keep you all your, keep your cards to your chest, baby. Like I, like, yes, but they didn't. So yeah, that like feels like sloppy work. Yeah, it feels sloppy. It feels like I mean, overall, lazy. Like, it feels lazy. Like, yes, it feels lazy. It feels like they just wanted to do the basic story and they weren't mm. interested in really doing more investigative work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you are right, though. I really feel cheated over not getting enough of the of how the kids Charles Vallow's kids felt. Yeah, about like, Lori. but and then, it's like, possible they want nothing to do. And then with the this. niece, like, and then, mm-hmm. and then we really didn't get too much of uh, Janice talking about her son's involvement in this. Like, we didn't really, they didn't push her enough on that either. Like, mm-hmm. like, so you know, you're, we're, we're, so what we're saying is you're, we're almost positive your son is the one who killed your grandchildren. Right. Like we're they're talking not, about just Lori here. But what about your son? son? Like your son is the one that the were actual murderer. Yeah. Like, I think that your son killed all of the kids and Charles. Yeah. Like. Do you have anything? Do you. And then also the aunt or the sister that was in the interview miraculously isn't in any interviews anymore. Like, what's up with that? Yeah. I want to know what her stance is right now. Yeah, we need a deeper dive into that family. That's what I'm saying. Like, I need some more like the families. That's a big deal. Yeah, we need like a we need a darker docu series or just even document maybe like a 90 minute documentary on the family, the Vallo family, because that dad creeped me out. Yeah. And it's so it's and I really like the mother is just so complacent. 
Adam seemed cool, like the one brother that did stay in touch with Charles throughout the whole thing. Yeah, he, he seemed like he's like, I don't understand. I feel what's like happening. he has been estranged from that family for many yeah. years for many reasons. And yeah, like he's like, I was <laughs> taking the calls because I know he's oh, like, shit, yeah, shit did not seem right. Yeah, that's why he's like, I know I, I don't understand. Like, I'll I just won't tell Lori. And Charles is like, I don't think you understand how hard it's going to be for you to keep it from Lori. He's like, what are you talking about? Then he gets there and he can't get a hold of Alex. Charles right away knows. He's like, hmm? you underestimated the crazy in your family. He's like, wow, yeah. I really did. Yeah. So, yeah, there were a lot of they it really it could have it, honestly it could have even been a five part docuseries. There were there was enough content for them to really explore further. I actually. Yeah, I think that they could have had. Um, I think they could have found a whole segment on her actual upbringing. I agree because there was we needed I needed a lot more details because you had you had two kids in that family that were doing shit like wild two kids and then the niece who also wanted to be like, how did that happen? And I I do need to look into who that niece was. Maybe I'll actually let me just look it up right now. Melanie. Hold on. Let's see. Lori Vallow niece Melanie. Oh, it's already there. Melanie, parents. Oh, wait. Who is it? Lori Vallow Daybell's niece says experienced tragedy during childhood. She Okay, says, okay. Lori Vallow Daybell's niece says she experienced tragedy during childhood that kept her from her mother. Melanie Pulowski. Wait, Pulowski and her husband. Oh, that's right. Are among 48 witnesses that could be called uh, by the prosecution in Lori's case. Let's see. Her husband, Ian Plowski, who wrote the documents. I just need to find out who her parents are. Hmm. Growing up, Lori had two brothers, Alex and Adam, and two two sisters. Oh, two oh. sisters. Stacy and Summer. Wait. She only told us about one, didn't she? The mom, Janice, omitted one. Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. Didn't she? I, I, don't I believe I don't she did. Oh, Stacy had passed away. Whoa. Why did she take one out? That's weird. Stacy had passed away while living with my parents in San Antonio, Texas. She had gone through a terrible divorce. Okay, hold on. So Lori's brother, Adam Cox, wrote about Stacy's death in his book, My Crazy Radio Life. Okay. <laughs> Melanie mentioned her late mother. So Melanie's mom is the one who died stacy <laughs> okay in the past melanie wrote she was unjustly taken away from my mother at age six and told all manner of lies about her i stand here today grateful knowing that no one and no lie can take me away from the bond of my mother who was laid to rest when i was nine how'd she die alex where were you oh my god in his book, Adam wrote Stacy Stacy suffered from a rare form of diabetes type one that she contracted during her pregnancy at age 22. Her style of diabetes was called gastroparesis. I'm probably mispronouncing that, which prevented her from absorbing nutrients from her stomach into her bloodstream. When Stacy passed away while I was in Arkansas and a part of me passed away also. Uh, Melanie also discussed her ongoing custody battle after her four children with her ex-husband. 
okay, a custody battle with that guy, Brandon, that they attempted to um, off. Yeah. In a court document filed in connection with their with that custody battle, Brandon claimed Melanie, quote, is involved in a cult where numerous members, adults and children alike, have been <laughs> being killed off life flies. Well, that's not wrong. Not wrong at all. It's not exactly what happened. Wrong. Brandon also claimed in the in the document that Melanie's, quote, knowledge of the whereabouts of her aunt's two missing children and her unwillingness to cooperate with law enforcement in finding those children is daunting. Yeah, that's I would imagine. Uh, Brandon also cons- says that she conspired to kill him. Yeah. OK, so there we got our answer. It's insane that Janice didn't even mention that she had a daughter named Stacy who died due to complications during pregnancy. I want to look into that. I'm going to look into that. All right. Glad I looked yeah. that up. Yeah, that was very. We do. We need a documentary on that Vallow family. That va- or actually it's the that's not their names, actually, because oh, Vallow, no, that's, that's, that's Vallow husband. is the husband's the name. So what, what is, is their, their name? Less, yeah. Let me figure that out. Hold on. Adam Cox, 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 Cox family, the Cox family. Hmm. Well, well, well. All right. Well, that concludes the sins of our mother. Series, I guess. Um, Okay, guys, thanks for tuning in for our true crime segment of the She Speaks Bravo podcast and YouTube channel. Follow Piaget at Piaget V and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to support me, please go to buymeacoffee.com slash she speaks bravo and buy me a coffee or two or five. Also, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. She speaks bravo with Emily Hanks. And if you haven't already, please rate, review and subscribe to the pod. Thank you guys. I'll see you on Instagram or TikTok at she speaks bravo. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.